Welcome to the Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at the Anime Backlog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And welcome to the Anime Backlog Podcast. I'm Marcus Rothenberg, and I am once again the arbiter of what we will watch this week. I am joined, as always, by my good friends, Daniel Book. Hello. And Nicholas Sparts. I'm intrigued to hear what a red assignment is, because Dan picked that before we started. (laughs) Yeah, so I was having really bad decision paralysis on what to assign this week. I narrowed the options down to two, then I widened it to three, (laughs) and then I assigned each anime a color. And literally right before we started recording, I said, Dan, red, blue, or green? And Dan chose red. red. So... That determined what anime we are watching this week. All right. Um, I will say this one is going to be uh, kind of a different choice from me. I enjoyed the fuck out of this anime, but it's going to be kind of a weird suggestion for me because it is not my normal genre whatsoever. So this week we will be watching 12 episodes or the entirety of Kids on the Slope. Hey. Oh, I've heard great things. That's one of the Blu-rays I own. (laughs) I've never watched watched it. God damn it. I heard it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Buying money and never watching it until we assign it, I guess. Well, hey, you're already set up. Yeah, Uh, I'm good to go. So this is a drama romance, like kind of slice of life-ish. Not my normal thing whatsoever. However, this is where it comes into Marcus territory. Very heavy jazz plot. So this anime currently has an 8.3 on Mal, or 8.30. And the synopsis is as follows. Introverted classical pianist and top student Kaoru Nishimi has just arrived in Kyushu for his first year of high school. Having constantly moved from place to place since his childhood, he abandons all hope of fitting in, preparing himself for another lonely, meaningless year. That is, until he encounters the notorious delinquent Sentaru Kawabuchi. Sentaru's immeasurable love for jazz music inspires Kaoru to learn more about the genre, and as a result, he slowly starts to break out of his shell, making his very first friend. Kaoru begins playing the piano at after-school jazz sessions, located in the basement of fellow student Ritsuko Mukai's family-owned record shop. As he discovers the immense joy of using his musical talents to bring enjoyment to himself and others, Kaoru's summer might just crescendo into one that he will remember forever. So, I don't remember what episode I said it in. There was a previous episode where I was like, I don't like Slice of Life unless there's music involved. And 
this one was kind of one of those ones that made me realize that about myself. I watched this a long time ago. So this could possibly suffer from nostalgia glasses from me. Just to let you know. I think it, I think you'll be okay. However, that's what I was going to say. I think I'm going to be okay on this one too. Because I remember it very, very vividly. To the point that I even remember whole specific episodes just because they stuck with me in such a profound way. I enjoyed the shit out of this when I watched it. For example, on my current analyst anime list thing, I have this rated mm. as a 10 for me. That's we will see score. if that we will see if that holds up on the rewatch, of course, because like we've said before, coming back and rewatching without those nostalgia glasses, I'm a different person than I was almost a decade ago. When I watch this, like, we will see. However, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So even my three choices were like, this is not going to be a normal Marcus assignment. This was one of them. And I think this is going to be the least or the most out of my normal wheelhouse and the least Marcus-like assignment that I've ever done. Well, it, I would say it can't be that bad, but it's, 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 a, it's a Shinichiro Watanabe show. So you know your your Cowboy Bebop Samurai Champloo mm-hmm. director team, it's, and then he's got the dream team. He got the, you got Yoko Kano making the music for it. That's usually a recipe for impressive uh, uh, anime. Um, I will say that I've seen tons of clips over the years of this show, and it looks like they abused rotoscoping a little bit, which is not my favorite, and it's a little unnerving. And it works whenever the whole thing is rotoscoped and it's like a an unnerving show. And it, 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 mm-hmm. it lends itself to be a strength. But that's not this show. <laughs> so the <laughs> rotoscoping might be a little rough. But that's not the point because if I remember right, they like recorded live uh, musicians playing their, their shit, all of the songs. And then they animated over that. Kind of like... They did it a little bit in Bochi with whenever she like would guitar work a little bit, play guitar, yeah. But this was specifically like, the episode eight where they're doing their fir- like their first big live performance. Yeah. They they rotoscoped that kids one. on kids on the slope. I think is like the whole time. And it's specifically uh, the musical performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I you know like I said I I bought it because like okay I'm in and. Because Bebop and Shampoo are amazing. I really like Terror and Resonance, which is it came out a couple years after this. Um, it's another Watanabe plus Yoko Kano combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also done by by Mappa mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, this before they Mappa blew production. the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, some interesting notes. Uh, I've been looking for where to stream it, and it seems like currently nowhere, but it should be available on High Dive in a few days. What? What? It's currently sitting on High Dive with a, this content hasn't aired yet. It starts in 64 hours, 11 minutes, and four seconds. See, I was just preparing for this. (laughs) I was assigning this thing in that it was actually on High Dive right now. Uh, Like, to be honest with you, I... uh, I mean, if I'm going to start it before 64 hours from now, I'm probably just going to yo-ho-ho my way somewhere else. This, Yeah, that's that's my bad. I No, it, don't worry about it. It's Yeah, you can find it on High Dive, but it says the English dub release on Thursday. Huh, good thing oh, I got the Blu-ray. Goddamn. Is it on Crunchy? Hold on. It is not on Crunchy. I think I've seen it there before. 
it's it's got a page but no episodes. Yeah, it, they just lost the rights to it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this was Mappa's first anime. Isn't that fun? Their first? I didn't know that. So, um, their first one after they broke away from Madhouse. I guess, but I mean, it looks like they pr- co-produced this with uh, Tezuka Productions. So I'm not sure exactly where the timeline of breaking off and starting their own shit, etc. But this is at least one of their earliest uh, works. Fair enough. So I will fun. say I did find uh, in episode one. Actually, the dub looks to be fully available on YouTube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some studios have been just putting their shit out there. Like that's a somewhat recent thing where they've been putting all I their shit. I think this out there. was just a dude. Okay, well, pr- props to just a dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like this is just a dude doing this. Um, well, if any of our listeners want to watch and are fine with the dub, sounds like that is an option for you. Yeah. Which I did watch uh, subbed the first time in around, so I might wait that sixty-four hours and check out the dub or start it on YouTube, whatever, um, just to see this time. However, I am hopeful on this one. I It's so out of my wheelhouse and what I would normally recommend for anyone to watch or even what I would do in the assignments in the context of this podcast. So I am eager to see what you guys will think of it. I think, I think this will definitely be more of a Nick show as you seem to be more of the slice of life person. But I'm hopeful that it will also catch your interest the same way it did me. Dan, where this is not my normal jam, but there was something special about it. I own it. That made me enjoy it. Oh, well, I, I, I wouldn't have bought it if I would. That obviously doesn't mean shit, but you've owned <laughs> a lot least, of stuff that you've never watched. It's at least <laughs> something I'd be like, oh, I think I'm going to love this. I'm going to own it. That, okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. But yeah, I've, so it, it's, it's a self-contained thing. So it's just 12 episodes. There's not a season two, three, four, five. Um, there's no extra work to do with this once you watch these 12 you've seen it all and it does it cover the da- whole manga that's a question you i don't no know idea. the answer i, <laughs> I do don't, not know. i thought this was an original no it's it's an ad- adaptation of a manga it's an adapt it is an adaptation well, look at that so interesting i believe this is going to be the first josai we've watched what's i don't know what that means what's that uh, it's manga written for adult women. So, is it is? It's categorized as a Josai on demographics on Mal. Interesting. Yeah, I guess it, the magazine it was on was Monthly Flowers. You know, I could kind of see it. I ca- I kind of get it. Because yeah, most of the stuff we watch is shonen or seinen. We've watched. One or two Sojos so far, but this is going to be our first Josai. Well, there's nine volumes of the manga. Looking at the manga art, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at it now, too. Yeah, yeah, the the cover looks way more like uh, Shoujo or Josai to me than than Shonen or Seinen. But I'm I'm stoked. I've heard great things. Uh, Obviously, I love the connection to the creator of Bebop and Champloo. And and the music. If the music director, if Yako the music Kano. brings it, I'm for sure gonna enjoy it just for that alone. I will say, as a drummer, me being a drummer, that's a huge part of what made me like this yeah. a lot. And because the, they uh, showed like the, all the techniques and shit, and it's like, man, that's yeah. that's some real like, shit. 
like watching Centaru drum was part of why I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, so that, that shit was good for me. And then later on finding out that it was, oh, they just filmed a guy drumming and then rotoscoped over. And I was like, man, that's fucking cool. Uh, so, cause I, I even thought I was like, man, this looks really authentic for, they animated the shit out of this dude drumming. And I, I didn't know at the time what rotoscoping was. I just thought they just fucking hammered that shit out on pen and paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. 12 episodes. Any, uh, final thoughts, questions, concerns before we hit our own music before we watch some music? Uh, no. three, two, one, I'm let's like, I'm jam. ready to roll. I don't know. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll cue the musical interlude and we will see you guys not next week in 30 seconds. Deuces. See ya. Hello, and welcome back to the Anime Backlog Podcast. Do you like kids? Do you like slopes? Well, we just watched 12 episodes about some kids on slopes. The anime is called Kids on the Slope. So we watched 12 episodes of this. Uh, I am once again here with Dan and Nick, and we are going to hear what these boys think of it. So let's just hop right in. What would you guys think? Uh, Nick, Dan, you want to kick uh, it off? Crap, you got me. <laughs> um, man, uh, I'm not the target audience, and what a shame! I the eight three score feels a little a little high, not too crazy high, but I was hoping that this was a a masterpiece. But I found a lot of the story repetitive. Like it's like. Things are going good. Drama. Play some music. It's fixed. And it was that recipe the whole show. And I just got really tired of the, the drama. The drama part of the show um, was the weakest by by leaps and bounds. Everything else was step, top notch. But I just couldn't get into the drama. And some of the things that happened were just so uncomfortably in like convenient for the story that I was like, ah, it just pulled me out. I wanted to love it. I really did. But you know, the music was great, but that was really about it. (laughs) Okay. How about you, Nick? All right. Uh, soundtrack 10 out of 10, no further notes. Loved every bit of that. The musical performance scenes also, were excellent. I really loved pretty much any time they had a musical performance scene, whether it was jamming in the basement, whether it was at the school, whether it was the uh, performance they did in the bar. All that was great. I loved the setting of doing like 1960s small town Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. But then we kind of start getting into some of my issues. Like it was 1960s small town Japan, and they kept flirting with some of the implications about that, like the leftist student uprisings yeah. that were happening in Tokyo. 
but we don't really do much with them. Uh, and then, as Dan mentioned, a lot of the drama, I think the way I would put it, is a lot of the drama felt unearned. Like, it just okay. kind of happened to move yeah, the plot along. Happened. Yeah, But there wasn't the emotional like investment or payoff you'd get. And I think the big reason is, this was a nine-volume manga they did in 12 anime episodes. Yeah. That... This needed to be 28 episodes. This not 12 was insane. Yeah, this uh, felt especially rushed. with how much time they put into the really, really well done musical scenes. They just didn't have enough time to actually get the characters the time to develop and grow and make the emotional pay payoff for as they're coming coming of age in this story to really make sense. The only character of the three main ones who I really connected with was Centauro. And that's because he's kind of a chaotic god of sorts, kind of like Loki or Jack Sparrow, <laughs> where he's he's just kind of like takes presence on the screen and stuff happens and orchestrates around him. Mm-hmm. But he's not the character who's really developing or growing like Kaoru is, who Kaoru just ended up being frustrating how much wi- back and so forth he'd whiplash. Frustrating. So this could have been a 10, easily could have been a 10 for me. But I think the execution wasn't quite there with the character development, the uh, pacing of the drama, and just overall trying to compress way too much story into 12 episodes. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Like, I think my my score will still be good. Don't get me wrong. It's just... Kind of as good as it could have been. Kind of like Megalobox, where it's just a lot of gripes. I brought it Mm -hmm. up already. And... uh, uh, just a couple of gripes just Wait, how really holds it back. Just holds Four it back. Four minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another one that I just, I, I wanted to love. Like, mm-hmm. it had every, like, th- there was no prejudice. I just wanted it to be amazing, and I wanted to, 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 to fall into it, enjoy it, and I just, I just didn't, and unearned was a good way to put it, where just shit just happened. Like, the whole... Centero plot with his dad and it was just like this could have been a main theme for the whole show this 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 family dynamic and then it just felt underbaked and just, just like a lot of the story bits were just very underbaked like the dad showed up gave him a pen he had a little fist fight thingy they played some music again because that fixes every thing in this show <laughs> and then they moved on so but we'll get to the episode episode stuff oh and one other criticism i had is i know this was the 1960s but this was another anime with just way too many dudes just grabbing women and kissing women and stuff like that, <laughs> is that a japan like, thing that's kind of i'm be- just trying to let i'm gonna try to let this go since 1960 but literally all three of the main teenage or early college age male characters do it they just be grabbing wrists. They that's, just be grabbing I think that's wrists. just an anime thing, honestly. Like, yeah. Because we've seen that, and I I feel like we've addressed that in a lot of different shows where uh, girl and guy are arguing or upset with each other or upset about outside circumstances. Girl goes to run away. Guy just grabs her wrist or grabs her arm or grabs her shoulder. And I've also noticed that in a lot of Western media, too specifically when it's centered around a romance plot where the girl will try to, I I guess so. It is definitely a trope. I'm, I'm noticing it more, especially now that we're doing so much watching of shows and critiquing them more. 
it's standing out to me as it's a trope I for sure don't like, and it's definitely overused. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like every character should like respond like Denzel Washington. It's like, get your goddamn hands off of me. <laughs> every time. Like, everyone's so grabby, and it's like, you're detaining me illegally. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Or even just, uh, what, the hell, what the hell's wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> don't grab me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's Everyone's so grabby, and... Uh, you must want to lose that hand. Right. Because this is how you lose that hand. It's like I got two rules. Don't touch me. And number two, don't ever touch me. <laughs> <sighs> so, but anywho, yeah. I get it. episode but yeah, one. Hopping into the episodes, episode one, Monin. And also something that they tell you at the end of this, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's a little post-credits thing. Every episode is named after a jazz song, like an existing mm-hmm, yeah. jazz song. Um, now, oh, the episodes don't always have a little cupcake at the end. They're usually like a, here's what happens in the next episode, kind of like yeah. preview thing. But this also came out in 2012 before the advent of streaming, kind of. So that was notable for a weekly thing. Um, but this one does tell you each episode's named after a famous jazz song, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's neat. But it's the summer of 66. We meet Kaoru Nishimi, who moves to his uncle's home uh, in Sasebo, Nagasaki. Now, he is the new kid. Apparently, he's used to transferring schools quite a bit. That's like a thing for him. We see this flashback of he's doing it a lot. And he's got this thing where he'll like get almost nauseous. It's like a panic attack or an anxiety attack. And he'll start yeah. to get, like, really nauseous. And typically the only place that can cure him is if he, like, gets up to the roof. Which I feel like, for me, would be the fucking opposite. Like, I don't want to get higher into a place of heights that I could fall off of. I'm like, let me get by a tree or something stable or something like that. I don't want to go on the, the ground. <laughs> yeah, like. I don't know. Maybe but, he likes the big open sky nature of it. That, there definitely oh, is some sort of uh, cultural thing about like rooftops of schools being some sort of serene thing that oh, does man. not really translate to Western uh, or, culture. Or main characters in the back left next to the window. Yeah. Well, and I also, we couldn't get on the roof of our school. Our school didn't have a walkable roof. It, yeah. There was, that was, you went up there for like HVAC maintenance only. Yeah. Yeah. And, Students weren't going up there, and if you did go up there, you'd probably immediately get a suspension or detention. Yeah, yeah. This shit is just tar and gravel. That's it. Yeah, and not a space poop. to hang out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pigeon poop. But he is running to get up the the stairs up to the roof, and he encounters a school live type blockade of just chairs <laughs> and sheets. Yeah, that's exactly what he, I thought. I was like, oh shit, zombies. <laughs> Jazz and zombies, I'm in. Actually, holy shit, yeah, I'd be all about that. I don't know, the Zob 100 soundtrack's pretty fun. Yeah, but it's not just straight jazz. We can just watch Zombieland Saga at some point. It's not jazz, but it is zombies and music. Hmm. But yeah, he rips the sheet off of these chairs, and then this is where we meet Sintaru! Kawabuchi is his last name, first Mm -hmm. name. I don't remember how that naming convention works. But he's basically like the class fucking, I don't want to say bully, but kind of bully. 
the resident delinquent. Yeah, yeah he's tough the guy. Definitely the gets delinquent. in fights. Yeah, he doesn't really care about school. Yeah, he's definitely like in his piece of shit era. But, but basically, yeah, this, this nausea plot, I felt was so like weird and unnecessary because they just do away with it, and he just mentions it like a time or two, episode like eight or ten. It's like it's like it added nothing. It's like oh, it, it just it's just another contrivance to get him to go to the roof where Centro's taking a nap. I will say I think it makes sense, and I didn't hate it even on the rewatch. I got it in a way, but that'll come about in like the probably second episode or third mm. episode, um, which I'll kind of explain my side of it. But it made sense for me. Like, yeah, I got it. This is one that it did make sense, but I was a little, to Dan's point, I was surprised it wasn't more of a through line throughout the entire show. Yeah. It did It did fade off pretty much as soon as he becomes part of the jazz group. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He stands out in the rain, and it's gone. Yeah, rain cures nausea. What are you guys talking about? <sighs> Haven't you guys ever stood in the rain when you have an upset tummy? Oh, and then uh, this show... The dynamic of the three, I, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but their <laughs> dynamic is there's this old meme where the, the girl's like, I want two boyfriends and I want my boyfriends to be boyfriends. And that constantly came up in this show, for me at least. <laughs> that, that Yeah, accurate. Yeah. And they it, were it, roommates. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, it is a Josai, as I explained in part one. So them having that like... Better than best friend relationship. Big was thruple a big energy. Part of it. <laughs> I don't know what this says about me as a person, but the first time I watched this, I did not catch that. Like, oh really? <laughs> I don't know why. Like, none of it felt like like gay romance to me. Not none of it. I don't know why. If but, I hadn't known it was a Josai. I might have missed it, but going and knowing it was a Josai, and then when Dan had had the roommates comment, I would just like, oh yeah, I absolutely oh. see what Dan's talking about. Oh boy, yeah, no, it's apparent. This watch through, I was like, holy shit! Like even to myself, I was like, how the fuck did I miss this? Yeah, like you know, like, it's you know, two 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 masculine folks being affectionate towards each other in a platonic way. That's fine, but like the 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 push over the edge for me was how possessive. Uh, and like weird he was whenever um, Centuro started having other friends and shit. And that mm-hmm. that was when it was like, eh, that's a little more possessive than just a friend should be. For me, it was like some of the slow scenes. Like in, in this first episode, he rips the like sheet off of the chairs and Centaro's lying down and he like dreamily turns yeah. and opens his eyes real slow. <laughs> All that was missing was the sparkle border. Oh, or, or, or some roses and shit. Yeah. Like, that's all that was missing for me in that moment. Or, like, he sweeps it away and it goes into slow motion. It's like, like the rising piano starts playing or some shit. And again, I was like, how the fuck did I miss this the first time around? Maybe I just didn't know that trope. Like, maybe I just didn't get, like, the Fuji bait type trope type yeah. of thing. I don't know. Fuji bait? Like the Fuji, like it's like the Yaori and uh, Yuri shit. Fuji okay. show, 
It's like girls that like boy love. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh. I didn't know there was a phrase for that, but okay. Yeah, it's it's like Fuji Show or something like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what, it felt like that kind of bait the whole time. Because mm-hmm. they were awfully close. Like, I love the yes, homies, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't kiss the homies goodnight every night? <laughs> but basically, uh, at this point, Nishimi is trying to get up on the roof. Centaro has the key to the roof and they have this weird kind of thing where it's like, well, what are you going to do for it? And again, I'm like, how did I miss this? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand what, what was I going through in my life right then that I was like, yes, this is normal. This is how people act towards one another. (laughs) But yeah, they do get up on the roof and it's like kind of this thing where Centaro's even like, no, 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 this shit won free. You fucking owe me, dog. But also later... because oh, he fights the smoking seniors for the oh, key. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you want that key? I'm going to go assault these three men. I, I was 100% not expecting so much fisticuffs in a jazz show. Man, Centro <laughs> is just down to throw hands that at the light all the time. scrap at any moment. Like... And I love it. There's like, one moment later. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But I laughed my fucking ass off because I'm like, he broke that man's ribs. He broke all of his ribs. Oh, the jump. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and the fights were decently well animated. Yeah, sure. So Mappa. For a slice of life jazz show, good fight scenes. Not something I was expecting to say about it while going in. I will say Bebop has skewed yeah. my vision into where it's Bebop. like jazz is like, oh, we're going to fight. Like... Jazz is not fighting music by any means, but I hear like a just fucking losing its mind trumpet, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna fucking throw down. Like, thanks, Bebop. What was it? Shout like, out to Bebop. Uh, yeah, Bebop did that a lot. The I mean, Champloo had like some cool, you know, vibe music for mm-hmm. every fight. Uh, what was the? There's like a period piece, uh, the Mayflower, Philosopher's Stone, or some bullshit. New York, 1920s. B- Bacano. B- Bacano. Uh, that had cool music yeah. during every fight scene and shit. <laughs> Wait, you've seen Bacano? I've just seen clips. Okay, I was about to say, God damn you, update your fucking spreadsheet, no. man. Like- no, my spreadsheet is good. Okay, <laughs> and I check it. But yeah, at one point, basically, uh, Nishimi meets also Ritsuko, who is the class rep of their particular class, and uh, she invites him to her family's record store. She's like, oh, you play music. My dad owns a record shop. You should come by. So he does. He's like, Newtown, whatever. I do like music. I want to pick up a couple records kind of thing. And he goes there, and this is when Centaro is there as well. And he's going down to, like, play drums, but they have this, like, hey, no outsiders. No one can get into the club unless you're jumped in. You gotta kill a man I like, you can play jazz. I like how, like, abrasive and standoffish the dad is, the shop owner dad. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of the time. But whenever they're like, like you, you guys play jazz? And he's just, like, giddy about yeah. it. He's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's, he's, actually, he's actually real chill. And... Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that little bit of the the gruff exterior to like the fucking nerd who just wants to play, yeah, is nice. 
But yeah, basically, Centaru starts drumming and like pretty chaotic, like jazz drumming. Like it's a little bit everywhere. Every part is kind of a solo a little bit. And Nishimi's trying to play along piano, but he's a classical pianist. He's like super stiff and regimented in how he plays. And Centaru's like, you can't, you suck at this, dude. You're like, you have, what does he say? He's like, you've got no swing yep, or something like that. It ain't got no swing. It ain't got no swing, yeah. And Nishimi's basically like, hey, fuck you, dude. I'll play whatever the fuck I want. And so he buys the record with the song that uh, that Centaru performed. And he's just like trying really fucking hard to learn it. Yeah, like the montage of him listening in his room and then running back downstairs and playing it on the like massive grand yeah, piano, piano and then yeah. probably, which is not made for jazz and then running Ow. back upstairs and then yeah that that was fun and you know it showed like this character having he seemed kind of blase like you know his grades were great but it's just kind of expected of him but he didn't seem to have mm. any like thing that he liked he was just kind of depressed mode and he found a passion and then what was it the the end of the episode i guess he you know finished the album figured out the music more or less and then he's like walking down the street with this exaggerated swagger <laughs> which he's that, like that was in episode two because he he buys the record to end episode one and episode two is where he's is the montage i don't know Ep- episode one i wrote that fucking walk <laughs> And I don't think anything else <laughs> happened with a funny walk. <laughs> but but maybe I could have written it in the wrong spot. But also, episode two. But episode two. Yeah, at this point, uh, Kaoru or Nishimi, whatever we want to call him, I still don't understand the naming convention of what's a first name and what's a last name. Um, the fam- I'm pretty sure Kaoru is his last n- name. Okay. Yeah, because really? she calls him Nishimi. Yeah. I thought Nishimi was his like last name because everyone called him. I thought everyone called him Nishimi, and then oh, you're right. Sorry, Nishimi would be his last name. Kara was his first name. So, Sorry. so I like, okay. it in my head. so like, if you're unfamiliar with someone or whatever, you you say their last name. But if you're familiar yeah. with them, you do yeah. first. I I just had it flipped yeah, in my yeah, head, yeah. but you you are correct. Okay, yeah, and then looking at the. Uh, like the episode descriptions and stuff like that, it doesn't help because they're always like, these Americans, let's put first name first, last name last. And I'm like, that's not how they do it, though. And I want to be correct. (laughs) But whatever. So Kaoru, again, begins, like, teaching himself. Mm -hmm. He's, like, learning to play jazz piano and kind of trying to stay away from that regimented classical piano. Because, like, yeah, classical piano is like, you play on time. The time is the time. There's no variation to this. Whereas jazz is like, live your dreams, do your life. Blah, 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 blah. That's not jazz. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're going to have to get that as a sound file. <laughs> I like jazz. Blah, blah, blah. It's canon. <laughs> but um, at one point, uh, Ru's getting like, I think this is the episode, is getting like, kind of jumped by some bullies and he yeah. gets like, tied to a shrine or a statue yeah they tied his ass up they yeah. tied him up and their initial thought was we're going to split his head like a watermelon with our kendos right sword. yeah yeah because the guy saw that he was friendly with the class rep or something 
Was it the class rep or was it the other yeah, girl? It was Ritsuko. It was class rep. Okay, Ritsuko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm going to show him me and four of my homies or whatever the hell are going <laughs> to escort him down yeah. here. It has the dumbest like setup and joke during this whole fight scene of him complaining about his neck. His neck, yeah. And then he gets karate yeah. chopped, and he's like, "Oh, my neck's better." Oh, I, I, I didn't really enjoy that, but but yeah, uh, Ritsuko goes and finds Centro because she watches um, Ka- our boy Kaoru get escorted away, get, get like, escorted off to the yeah. to get hazed Side. and bullied and beat up. She goes finds and she goes and finds her childhood friend Centro, who knows um, how to throw hands, I suppose. And he's just like, "There's a fight, I'm in." He's like scrapping time, because he also doesn't even know who is in the. No, scrap. someone's getting bullied. Yeah, that's it. His only knowledge is someone's getting bullied by five dudes. Oh fuck yeah! I've been waiting to fight then, five so, dudes. So there's this. Like, I haven't fought since lunch. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's this like flight of stairs. Had to have been thirty plus steps. <laughs> and Centro sprinting off it jumps and like uh, double flying kicks into he, the like, ringleader. Yeah, yeah he dive shotgun, kicks him. Shotgun kicks him in the chest, firing from both barrels. And I thought that man, all of his ribs are broken. There's no yeah. fucking way. Just between gravity, momentum, and then the added force of then. On top of that momentum, rocketing your legs forward into his chest, his ribs are fucking broken. There's no goddamn way. Like, yeah, oh, he that, that dude's that gonna man. be in the hospital probably with a collapsed lung, maybe two. <laughs> Dude, like, and that and that's if you're lucky. Like, God, like he killed that man. But yeah, Centauro just starts like scrapping with these dudes, and I mean, kind of like beating the shit out of them. They get a couple of licks in, and. Ritsuko comes up with like a tiny like pocket knife or some shit and cuts our boy Kaoru free and she's like, just get out of here. He'll take care of it. And Kaoru's like, God damn, what a little bitch am I? I need to help too. And so he, and I hate when people do this. If you're ever in a fight or people are jumping you and they're distracted for a second, this is just a word of advice. Just run. Don't announce your attack. Or, no, if you're not, if you're going to scrap with them and you're going to run at them, don't give them any indication that you're coming at all. Yeah, don't Seriously. yell things. Don't yell. <laughs> don't scream. But no, 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 no. You got to say Marcus Punch. That's different. That's for <laughs> racists. Like that telegraph is funny. In a Ugh. situation, if I'm getting jumped by five dudes and I've got the drop on one of them. I might still yell Marcus Punch. I'm not going to lie. That would be really, really funny. But I'm not going to announce it from 50 feet away as I'm running up on him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you I think already took a, your glasses off, so you're blind as shit. I think that's yeah. a cultural thing, too, because like it seems like I see a lot of Japanese films where like they're about to dive into a fight, and they're just screaming their fucking heads off like, ah, let's go. So I don't know. That's a thing, I think. Couldn't be me. You're not going to know I hit you. Like now, I'm not one for sucker punching someone in a fair fight, but if you try to jump me with five other dudes, yeah, no, at that point, all bets are off. No ref, no foul. I'm gonna fuck you up any way I can. Yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> but yeah, like Nick said, he takes his glasses off so he can't see shit. So he's running and he just runs right into a fucking water pool or like fountain. Well, no, he trips over a tree root and just falls. Oh into yeah, a trips water over pool. the tree root. He trips. 
and falls into like little Timmy down the well kind of thing. And they're all like, uh, he starts like what? throwing water at him. Basically. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck was that? And he takes like the ladle and starts flicking water at them. And they're like, ah, Hey, stop. My mom said I can't get my hair wet, please. And basically Centaru comes over and just fucks them up even more. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what they were mad about. What and the, I can't the, think the, about the, the ringleader dude was trying to scare so and so off of uh Yeah, but wasn't there a catalyst the for it? Was he, that he was just that saw when she gave he just him saw the them being like hanging out, I thought. Okay. Okay, because I know at one point she like gives him maybe? a handkerchief or something. Or she like gives him a handkerchief or a scarf I or something. I thought that shit. was the other girl with Centaro. Oh, was it? Yeah, and we haven't gotten to her yet, have we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's second uh, half of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm but yeah, they, 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 they get back to the, the shop. They go downstairs. They're licking their wounds, uh, I guess, slightly high off of having a scrap, I guess, having a good time. Yeah. And then the dad. And then this Adrenaline, the, man. And this is the first time the dad comes out and is like, hey, we all playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did oh, somebody I say Because I think, yeah, he's even like asks his daughter, like, "Hey, can you mind the shop for a little bit? I'm, I'm, I need to play this well, jazz." And this is when you meet uh, Brother June for the first time. Brother June, fuck Brother June, fuck him. <laughs> I specifically remembered him being a piece of shit from before, and going back into this, I thought to myself, maybe I'm sensationalizing this a bit. Maybe he's not as big of a piece of shit as I remember, and just over time, I've built it back up. And then watching through the show again, I'm like, oh, he's a bigger piece of shit than I remember. Okay. That guy <laughs> does suck. Fuck him. Fuck Brother June. All my homies hate Brother June. Also, shop owner dad at one point says Natch, N-A-T-C-H in the subtitles. They tried to sneak in a bunch of lingo, and it was really funny. And not intentionally funny. I watched the English dub this time around. I don't like to criticize another voice actor's performance or a director's choices, personally. But this is very, very 2012. And they were like, Brother June, let's make him sound like a cool guy. So he talks like this all the time, <laughs> and it's fucking insufferable. <laughs> and I fucking hate. What are you doing there, sin boy? Laying down a little smack on the skins? Really? Yeah. Did, did they do that? <laughs> oh, it's all the time, oh, and it's man. I can't fucking stand it. Oh, I mean, and I that, think that made it why easier you for hate me. More. I was gonna say. I, I was gonna that say. Because <laughs> other than him dating an underage girl, June was fine. That's a pretty big reason to hate it's, a guy. It's the 60s. Yeah. I thought he was really underdeveloped given the whole leftist side plot they did with him that I didn't was super go anywhere. I was super interested in that. Like, give me more oh, of yeah. that. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen more of that. Especially to a jazz soundtrack. Let me see a jazz yeah, riot. Like, God like, damn it. Yeah, That'd like have, a, have a, a violent riot happening, and then there's just a couple dudes playing jazz the whole time, just like with helmets on, like, fuck yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the bards, bardically yeah, inspiring right? the rest of the crowd. <laughs> oh, guys, I, did we just invent riot jazz? Fuck yeah. That'd be awesome. I needed to see that moment where it's like, 
a guy, like, you hear, like, the flick of a lighter a couple times, like, And then it's just a Molotov cocktail flying through the air or something like that. Yeah. And then when it hits a cop car, the jazz like explodes out as well. That'd have been sick. Did we? Do, we need to do more jazz. Riot. Things. I need jazz. zombie jazz and I need riot jazz. Yeah, all the time. Uh, so we find out in this episode as well that shop owner and uh, Centro and daughter they're they're Christian. Mm-hmm. They are Christian, and Christian Asians weird me the fuck out. And if you if you listeners recall, I am also Asian, and it's just uncomfortable and weird. It feels I don't know, ugh. but and and but that's I felt like another underdeveloped part of the story. Like they just went to church a couple times. There was a rosary. Skip, 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 a bunch of episodes, and then the last episode <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, they went to a Christmas party. They went to a Christmas party at the church <laughs> instead. And then the last, you know, bit at the end. But, like, mm-hmm. like what, that added almost nothing to the show. Also, to call it a Christmas party, I think, is a misnomer on our part and on the show's part. It's just Christmas mass. That's it. Right, right, like, right, right, right. But they, they were they were busy. Party? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a it was a service of some kind. It was not a party, but it just oh, felt it looked, it looked like just Catholic mass. Just, yeah, yeah, it was just Catholic Christmas mass. And mass. It's just yeah. they they just as another story part that they just tacked on and didn't really have huge bearing on the story. Nor did it have. I guess the payoff would be the episode twelve, but like it just felt unearned, like Nick said. Mm-hmm. Whereas just like, well, they just also happen to be Christian. It's like why 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 include it. If you're not well, going to develop think, it. I think for me, I'm a little more forgiving of that because to me, this was like a glimpse into these people's lives. And if someone glimpses into your life, they don't know the whole backstory. Like this wasn't a two season or three season or even 24 episode anime. This is all condensed down into 12. And so I do think that them being Christian does have a little bit of bearing on how their characters react and behave to certain things, especially Sen. Ritsuko, not so much. Like, that one I kind of don't get. And especially her dad. Her dad didn't do shit. No. Like, he was just dad, jazz dad record store owner. Do we even see him at church ever? I, I don't think, I think we just see the two he wears a cross. But he does wear it. a cross. Yeah. But yeah. Which you're not supposed to. But, but we whatever. don't I don't think we see him at the church, but we do see him wearing a cross. And he says something to uh Kauru about it. Like he mentions it just like in passing kind of, but it's never a big uh character point yeah. for him. But yeah, no, he he's he sees it because our boy Kauru has known uh, what's her the, the the what's her name? Main character girl, uh, Ritsuko. Ritsuko. for what? It's what's implied a week, a, several days, not very long, and is just absolutely smitten. He yeah. is head over heels, which was another rushed aspect. I don't know hormones her, and teenagers. Smi- I guess her smile yeah. cures his anxiety. It's so yeah. effective. <laughs> Can we also just for a quick uh, tiny tangent talk about the phrase? Head over heels. My head is always over my heels. 
That's just the orientation of the human body. I don't understand that expression. Now, if you said heels overhead, like I'm topsy-turvy, I'm all turned <laughs> Hashtag around. Hashtag heels overhead. <laughs> all right, team. I get it, but I, I, I fell head over heels. How did you fall that way? You just fell to, to a standing up position? I don't understand. Whatever. That's my tiny rant. Let's go. At least it's not Batman. Let's go. So we have a, an early beach-ish episode. Uh, Hell yeah. And they go and rent a boat, which Centro solos because he's a beast. And mm. he's the god of high school, the world's strongest <laughs> yeah, primate the, teenager. Yeah. And what was so? So Centro's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be a man. I gotta do it. He tries it. They doesn't goes like. Oh, you mean Kauru? Kau, yeah, Ka- yeah, sorry. Kauru yeah. gets him in circles, gets tired easily, and then lands on the like wrong part of the beach. And they're just like, oh, we'll just tell a rental guy we left it somewhere. <laughs> what is he going to do? Not go get his boat? <laughs> yeah, that was there, something. There's a stand-up comic that has a joke. So we're like, I just got on a plane and just called and said, my rental car is just at the airport. Have fun. Go, go find it. it. <laughs> Go like find. you can't do that, and he's like, "I already left." Like, yeah, I'm already on the plane. Did. Like, go to <laughs> what another are you gonna country. Do? Not go get your car. You're gonna extradite <laughs> me for a rental? Fuck you. Um, but so they're walking along the beach, I guess, to get to somewhere with a car or bus or some shit to you know get them back. To I society. think they were going to catch the bus, mm-hmm. and they see these three boys, men. I don't know. Uh, harassing this other young woman, y- young adults. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's of questionable age, and they're assaulting this young woman, harassing her pretty heavily, and our crew intervenes, Centro included, and he sees, like, it seems to be a lot of everyone falling uh, heel over head, if you will. Thank you. <laughs> For people at, you know, just, just, just at first glance, like, all right, I love this person, I'm going to devote everything to them. That's most romance things, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's a difference between like seeing someone and going like, "Oh shit!" Like, oh, like the, those butterflies, but not like I'm going to die for you because I've glimpsed your face once. Oh yeah, no, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying it's an but act it, of it's, trope. It's a, tr- it's a trope, media. and uh, kind of because up until here, I was more or less in, like, good to go. Mm-hmm. sold and then i started getting really tired and then kind of this begins the whole i like so and so so and so likes the other person but i like them and they like the other person gosh and this triangle quadrilateral bullshit started getting really <laughs> tiresome and that's all we did for like another six episodes i, I get that's kind of the the story and then they're teenagers and Communicating and their feelings are very difficult, but like mm-hmm. God, that's just not the story. If there was a backdrop of like political intrigue with like you know some Game of Thrones bullshit, I would be down for a romance plot making things complicated. But we just- now need Game of Thrones style jazz high schoolers. We have invented like four new genres today with rioting and zombies and jazz. <laughs> Jazz is the backdrop of it all. Yeah, jazz is the through line. It cures everything, so, as we've learned. 
but yes, the, the jazz extended universe. We, we meet <laughs> we meet this other character because we've got this established uh, thruple situation, and we got this wild card showing up that's pulling Centuro away. Mm-hmm. Which up until this point, Centuro has not really. He's not actively kind of part of the love triangle. He just exists. Right. Like he doesn't know that he's a part of this. Yeah, he's an object inside of it, but is unaware that he is inside yeah, of it. <laughs> he doesn't know his presence is there. But the girl on the beach, Eureka, he's like, woof! Shodi is a dime? I'm fucking <laughs> in? I would lay down my life for her. Um, it, and, was, it almost felt like a. in that moment he realized he liked girls, kind of. Yeah, but, like, that was his awakening. Like, up until then, he was like, I just like fighting. And then he sees a girl, and he's like, I like I like fighting and girls now, but specifically that girl. And then someone gives him, like, a DVD of bunny porn and is like, you got to make sure that you actually like this yeah, girl. You, you, you're, not just, you're not just going after them so you can fight them later. Are you in love or are you just hungry? Ah, uh, uh, Beaster's references. Oh, except this is 1966, so yeah. it could have been a, like a mimeograph. <laughs> <laughs> when did Betamax come out? <laughs> Not 1966. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, so that's the end of that episode. So then we go into episode three, and it kind of like picks up right where episode two left off, where it's like showing that little bit of like weekly show bit where it gives like a tiny, tiny little recap of them on the beach. The wind blows, and her hat almost flies off, and he's like, God damn, she's bad. But Kalru then is kind of like, oh, Brody, you need to ask her out. Like, yeah, uh, this fucking Kalru weasel arc, fucking awful. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. Because. Well, it's also just the classic trope of a dude who doesn't know what he's doing giving another dude advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. This but is the Kaguya-sama episode. It's not funny because <laughs> yeah. you can see his ulterior motives, and it's it's not exactly ingratiating for Kaoru as a character. I both agree and disagree because, I one, I do see his ulterior motives, but at the same time, he's also like, Man, Centauro really does like that girl. Now, if it was a random girl that Centauro did not have feelings for, and that girl had feelings for him, and Kaoru's like, oh, I just got to set him up with this girl that likes him, and he'll be out of my way. Great. Then, yes, I would fully agree. But in this case, it's the other way around where Centauro is he, uh, heels over head for this girl. <laughs> it's <And> hard to say. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I did stumble on it for a second. Yeah, no, I had to think about it before I said it. <laughs> it definitely seems like this is a win-win for Kaori. He's like, my boy yeah. is super into this girl, and then if they get together, then uh, Ritsu, uh, Ritsuko will have to drop her feelings for him, and then maybe we have a chance. So mm-hmm. he views it as a win-win. Yes, he's a little Weasley about it, but he's not doing Centro bad here. That's that's how fair, I feel about fair, it. Fair, fair, fair. So, like, yes, it's shitty, but also shitty for kind of a good reason, part of it. Like, because if it works out, Sen's going to be super happy about it. Like, Brody's going to be ecstatic. So, I kind of get it. But, yeah, he's a little bitty weasel shit for this. So, he tries to set up a double date. And they do that high school thing where they 
both go to invite her. And Sen fucking panics. And he's like, ah, it was Richie's idea. Don't, mm. Yeah, he calls I'm him Richie. <laughs> yeah, I for, honestly, I'd forgotten that he calls him Richie. All Even, and by oh, the end yeah. of this season, it's Richie Rich. Yeah. Um, and other people start calling him that. Because mm-hmm. there's a moment much later where it's like the priest, he goes, oh, you must be Richie Coon. And I laughed my ass <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> also, there was a, uh, a bit where... Centro somehow Centro and Kauru end up back at Centro's place. They're hanging. Mm-hmm. And we get to see some of the Centro's home life and it's a madhouse. It's an absolute madhouse. Uh I, I there was a bit I think they showed earlier where Centro was eating something and he always just wolfs his shit down. And mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of like, oh, a weird quirky thing. But then they showed the rest of the family. They all just consume like fucking animals. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny. Or at least all the yeah, boys. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it was definitely a children were running the jail type energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah. But like the the mom seemed super chill and they all liked Centro. Centro had a good time hanging out with his family. Which, they seem to have like a tight family mm-hmm. like full of love. Like it's it's implied that they're pretty poor, but yeah. they're getting by and they're doing all right and they love each other mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then Karu gets a just crazy jealous of this like relationship that yeah, they have with yeah, each other. Yeah, Karu, I have to remember that he's a teenager who's lived some. It seemed like an isolated life because of moving around all the time, and then not being mm-hmm. with his dad and mom pieced out, etc. Oh, another plot thread we never did much with, other than like, oh, anywho, anywho, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but he's he's. He's so reactionary and emotional whenever something comes up that he's just doesn't like, which I didn't like as a person, but it 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 feels real <laughs> for them yeah. being teenagers and him being emotionally repressed all the time. Well, yeah. that and I know people like that. So, it, that's not a far-fetched thing for me where it's like I've seen people behave that way anytime there's some kind of external catalyst that throws them off their equilibrium and they just respond they just instantly. Yeah. And it's like never in a productive way. So, but it felt like they were just using that as Dan mentioned earlier, just to kind of move the plot along of like, all right, mm-hmm. now we need to have Kauru have an emotional reaction. So now we have some conflict. Yeah. It'll be conflict. Um, they'll, they'll figure out the drama usually by playing music. Hey, that's what works, man. Have you ever played jazz? No, I can't say I've played jazz. <laughs> well, you should. It obviously works. It heals the soul, brother. All right. All right. You got to lay yeah, on fuck the skins, brother June. <laughs> therapy didn't exist in 1966, <laughs> oh, my oh, guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll just get lobotomized <laughs> and play the clarinet. Sick. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so but, uh, they're doing the thing. They're doing this double date situation that is... Under weird pretenses because uh, the the new girl thinks Richie Rich over here one, invited her out. Centro's mm-hmm. excited to go with her. The uh, nobody knows they're on a date with another person. Yeah, and it's it's just very confusing. And again, I am not the target audience because this was just the, not enjoyable. But we meet the new character, and she's and she's like. Uh, like she's, I think she's like tri- portrayed as like very classy, uh, 
older woman, uh, a sophomore, and and <laughs> yeah, but she's portrayed to be very mature and classy, and you know, even though um, the other well, and even even from this point, they're implicating that she comes from like a family of some status, mm-hmm. and we get that confirmed later on. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but you know, because uh, was it Ritsuko has her misgivings with like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, upperclassman who's very pretty, but then. She's out here risen at the whole squad, <laughs> just just being really classy and nice to everyone. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're fine. Um, yeah. But then we've, you know, then then it's confirmed that class rep has got feelings for Centro because she, Centro and the, the new girl are, you know, talking and, and having a nice time. And she starts getting all jelly. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like Ritsuko has a lot of feelings that she can't quite understand as well. No. And I think this is where it crosses that, not crosses the line, but like blurs that line of like, do I feel familial affection for this person or romantic affection for this person? And because a lot of people, and I think also we've gotten better about this as a society, but especially back then where it's like, oh, a boy and a girl have feelings for each other. It's got to be romantic. Boys and girls can't be friends. It's got to be romantic. And so I think a lot of that is like kind of ingrained into her head where she's like, oh, well, I feel comfortable around him and I like being around him. That must mean I love him. Yeah. And we're going to get married and spend our lives together. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's Mm. how that works. I'm pretty sure. So, but that also leads to its own little conflict. But then also in this episode, I thought this moment was really weird and I kind of forgot about it where Kaoru walks in on Eureka and Centro and Centro's like in like the blanket, like covered up. And he's obviously, it looks like naked under it, but she's fully clothed. And Kaoru's like, bro, some shit is going on here. And he just leaves. But also we find out later that it was pretty innocent but also Eureka is right up in his fucking face. And mm-hmm. it's again this like dreamy scene in slow motion and all it's missing is the roses in the corner of the <laughs> frame and the sparkles like going around and everything. But it of course leads to this uh this like misunderstanding. Oh, the old misunderstanding arc. Got, gotta have a few of those. Gotta have yeah. a few of those. We've already Got done romantic subtext. We've already done the beach. Gotta have a misunderstanding arc. And we didn't have a baseball episode, which kind of sucks. <sighs> but this is what also the episode where uh Kaoru brings Ritsuko down to the basement and he starts like playing this song. And it's like this like really nice kind of romantic song. And Ritsuko's confused. She's like, oh, I get it. That's nice. This is like your rehearsal because you're going to perform this for Yurika because you like her. And Kaoru's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no. Uh, this was the real deal. And I'm performing it for you because I like you. He, he straight up says, I love you in, in this. Yeah. He has a conf- full-on confession. Um, which good for him. You know, there's a lot of bits in this show where people are just like, I won't complete this sentence I was about to say, and then we're going to have a misunderstanding about it and I'm going to fuck off. Yeah, basically. (laughs) 
and then, like every other and the other too. and the other person won't be like yo wh- what were you saying what <laughs> <laughs> oh nothing oh okay i'll drop it you said it was nothing after, i won't follow up i've got something important to tell you after this upcoming battle <laughs> big fucking death flags anywho um episode four they are i forgot what prompted it but they're being requested to play at the uh the family bar i guess june's family i think it was br- no brother june mentioned that he ha- had a gig and wanted them all to he play a at yeah, this yeah, yeah. Uh, christmas gig at mm-hmm. a uh gaijin bar fun 1960s military boys at a particular bar american mm. um station soldiers that will be great. <laughs> Not boys. They were men. <laughs> like, yeah. Well. Well, yeah. You know what I well. mean. Well. And yeah. um, so they're preparing for that. Uh, it's the four. It's the shop owner, June, and then the, the, our boys. And But there was a bit where they were like at the school. And then they've shown that Kaoru and Sintaro, uh are much more like playful and like close and friendly at school. Mm-hmm. And so Centro has had this thing where he's this like you know apex delinquent in the school and you have the the boy who's the transfer student the best grades and is real quiet they're having this like f- funny repartee back and forth and uh i guess Centuro's kind of like at a disadvantage when, when kauru's around you know it's he lets his guard down too and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not just the tough guy yeah anymore. yeah 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 and then they're like what what's going on here is he the secret boss? And I was like, there it is, secret boss. <laughs> um, if, if anyone's got a bingo card, for some reason, secret boss keeps coming up. We should make that bingo card, though. <laughs> make, but with a jazz oh, backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We, sh- we should do it for uh, the listeners. Have a, a bingo card. They can randomize. It'll be like Megalobox, uh, Horse Girls. <laughs> Megalobox is just the free space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the free space. God damn it. It's gonna come up. Yeah, yeah. anime backlog bingo. All right, sick. <laughs> but yeah, we also uh, get this moment where Kaoru is going out to buy a birthday gift for Sen. And this was a moment I hated because he goes to reach for something and then another hand goes to reach for the same thing and it's Ritsko and they're like, oh, I didn't notice you there. We're standing, standing five right inches away from each other. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, but somehow I didn't see you because I have no fucking situational awareness whatsoever and I'm so tunnel visioned in on these fucking drumsticks. Yeah, yeah one, of, one of the two has to approach after the other one and see the other person. Dude, like, yeah. <laughs> Or if you came from opposite directions and you approached at the same time, you're walking towards each other at that point. Unless you're both backpedaling to get to where you need to go and then you know where to stop. How the fuck did you not see each other? Yeah, I, I only shop with blinders on. Yeah. By rule. <laughs> well, see, me, I normally do my shopping with like a ski mask so people can't see who I am. I also don't purchase things. I just take them and then I leave. And I don't take my ski mask off for the cameras. So that's how I do my Christmas shopping. <laughs> Bandit. I don't actually do that. <laughs> legally, I need to tell everybody that I don't do that. I don't know that you legally have to, but it uh, well, might be in your best interest to do so. I shot Darnell nine times with my nine. <laughs> I'm saying this in jest. 
there's actually a rap album that I love so much because at the beginning of it, he's like, this is all cap. Everything I'm saying here is a lie. I didn't do any of this stuff. But then it like goes on to detail, like very explicit crimes in a lot of detail. And it's like, I don't know that that's going to work for you in court, buddy. Like just saying like, that's a lie. Like at the beginning of the album, I don't think that's going to work. But this anyway. was all a joke. Yeah. <laughs> in case anyone <laughs> asks. And yeah. then I woke up from that dream. But um, but then so then they have the moment where they buy the drumsticks together. They go out into kind of an open area and it starts snowing. Starts snowing. Core memory time. Romantic. And then Karu just grabs Ritsuko and kisses her. And we have the like the first of the grabby moments. Grabby, yes. Yeah, real grabby. But then also and I, props to her. She just peels the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wrote, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And then, but but I don't know. Uh, I have in all caps on my notes at this point after this scene because Centro shows up with the, the whole family, whole squad. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "What?" He's like, "What's going on? What are you guys doing? Why? Why? Why'd she run off? Like, wh- wh- what are you doing?" And then Kauru, because he's you know well adjusted, throws the sticks down and is like, I'm, "I have problems." <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> and then Centro's like, "I know." So I have in all caps, I just have just ranted, I know what to do. We'll just play music together. That seems to fix all of our problems each time. And we're going to do it over and over again, aren't we? And I was right. That's this entire hey. goddamn fucking show. <laughs> well, it we, works. We do get Centaur's backstory here, which was actually a re- relatively unique one for anime. I haven't seen a kid who was uh, a Japanese-American kid who came out of the war before in an anime so i thought that was unique to actually give him that backstory bro japan hates biracials oh my god yep i've noticed that in like a lot of things i've seen recently because that's the whole premise for blue eye samurai it's just that's what happens in like uh, south korea like that's it's like full-on mudblood bullshit yeah like (sighs) there was another scene there's a scene when he's getting teased and then they're Giving him um, centra- like ba- like kid central hard times like oh speak some English yeah they're like throwing rocks they're throwing at rocks him like oh just do some English shit do just yeah. do some American bullshit and yeah, can't you speak English American and don't like, you know and how to I've, ride a horse I've had those words literally told to me in South Korea like don't you know how to ride a horse no no <laughs> ignoring what Marcus said just speak some American like just this harassment about being mixed even though like. In America, I'm very more more Asian passing, uh, and that seems to be my like my my one drop type of bullshit over here. But in South Korea, it's it's flipped. It's co- completely yeah. opposite. Um, I, for some reason, I just flash back to domestic girlfriend, like the American dude who there shows is. up. <laughs> That's also on the bingo card as domestic girlfriend. Ooh, hundred percent. There's there's no way it's not. On and that. she. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so they're also, they then go play this Christmas show with Brother June, uh, Record Dad, and our boys. And they're playing, and they're fucking getting it. Like, this is some good fucking jazz. And then of course, and I have a note about this that's wild. Of course, this like racist piece of shit, I'm allowed to say this. 
He's like, you guys got to stop playing that coon music. Oh, gosh. I hate that. It just sounds like fucking noise. Play some white jazz, which, what the fuck is white jazz, (laughs) dude? That's not a fucking thing, you piece of shit. Didn't you see La La Land? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Uh, fucking Christ. Did they keep that in the dub? They redubbed it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) They made two men say that line. And they don't translate it different. It is word for word the same. Because I watched that and then I was like, I'm curious. So I switched over to the Japanese dub. Holy fuck. In the English dub, yes, this man says some bad shit. In the Japanese dub, I don't know who was outside of the studio, but they really found a white man on the side of the street and they were like, hey, do you hate black people? <laughs> and that guy was like, you fucking know it. Come in and record for us. Yeah. Because he said that shit with some fucking conviction, man. Yeah. But then also he says white with the H in it. And so it was like, don't you know any white jazz? <laughs> and I laughed my ass off. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the dub, a different guy says that. They redub it. Again, for some reason. It was already in English. Why redub it? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you make a man say this again? You know that actor had to be kind of like, what, uh, you already got it. it like, was, why do I need it? It was 2012, wait, man. Wait, wait. What? What's my line? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were brought in for anime. Oh, sweet. My anime debut. Here's your lines. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have three lines. <laughs> and it's this. <laughs> But yeah, there there's some other weird moments uh, with like English oh, dubbing that we'll forgot. get to later. And then they brought him back and had him do one of the outros. <laughs> yeah, it was like, why, why why would this character get an outro? <laughs> why would I want to hear from him again? <laughs> but also, yeah, Sen is kind of like, uh, what did you say, you racist piece of shit? And he's ready to scrap with a grown ass man. And I in was a like, military bar. Yeah, dude. In an American in a military, military bar. bar. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Right or wrong, that wouldn't kind of have like, ended well. Yeah. June is kind of I, like, I will end this piece of cord myself. <laughs> <laughs> but June stops him, and he does have a good line here where he's like, you're not going to get through to someone like that. Well, yeah, and he, uh, Sen doesn't understand English, so it was uh, Karu translates it for Sen. <laughs> yeah, which, holy shit. But, so in the in the Japanese, like, original, he says, I don't speak English. What did that guy say? And the English dub, obviously it makes sense. Sentaro just says, I didn't hear what he said. Did you hear what he said, Richie? So it's not a translation thing. They just kind of treat it as like, oh, everybody's speaking English. I just didn't hear them, which I thought was like a cool adaptation choice hmm. that made a lot of sense to me. I, I get that it makes sense from a everyone is speaking in English in the scene, but from a like oh, contextual yeah, no, no, no. standpoint, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. But then they play uh, a different song. Sen is like, I'm not fucking playing. I'm, I'm goddamn done. Then it's just the trio. They play a different song, and you see old boy just, like, tapping his finger on his whiskey glass along, and I'm like, don't placate that man. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck you. Play something wilder. Invent gangster rap right now (laughs) just so that someone come back from the future and just play Nas or something. Like, let's do this right now. 
But at this point, also after the show, uh, Yuriko was there because Sen they and were invited. Yeah, yeah, they were they were invited. So Yurika and Ritsuko are there. Yurika is kind of like, oh shit, that trumpet dude is fine as fuck. I need to introduce myself to him. And then it's again another heels overhead scenario <laughs> where she is. I'm just gonna keep saying it. Where she is just completely smitten with this dude, and they introduce themselves to each other. But also, because he 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 did a little singing solo to to bring the the vibe back after this uh, yeah back and forth with uh, racist and Cintero. <clears throat> so he sang. Which also fun fact: Cintero's voice actor is in in Japanese is the mm-hmm. same guy that does Reiner in Attack on Titan. So Ooh, that's really okay. funny. Just he, he's apparently just playing blonde brick shit houses. Maybe not blonde, but like light haired brick <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. houses. That like kind of short spiky. Yeah, hair. yeah, yeah. And but brother June is Sukuna from fucking Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny hearing Sukuna do this singing bullshit. <laughs> he's just singing a nice song, and it's. It was kind of surreal. A little jarring. Yeah. yeah I could see that. Through yeah, four so episodes, I really loved this. Episode five-ish is kind of when more of the pacing cracks, I think, really started to show yeah, up. Yeah, I was still I was still down. Like, I didn't like the main character, the Kaoru, very much at this point, but I got it. Like, And, and mm-hmm. they were doing a good job of me not liking where he is now. And then hopefully he will. I will like where he ends. Kind of thing, yeah. And I will say, I was cool. on the watch through, on the on the rewatch. Uh, I I agree with you guys quite a bit. Where it was, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm feeling the magic I felt back then, but then I did hit like kind of like a mid season slump, a little bit here. Um, well, because this is the first time I think we get Kauru pulling his. I'm just going to avoid everybody because I'm embarrassed. Moment or whatever he's doing and he does this a few times through mm-hmm. the rest of the show yeah uh, and it's frustrating and feels like a waste of time given how much they're trying to fit into this show yes because yeah. it's, it's 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 so formulaic from this the show's drama and what a yeah. shame what a shame but uh episode five lullabies of birdland which also is a reference to the op mm-hmm. um but basically, like you said, Nick, Calvary just kind of stops of uh, stops interacting with anybody. Like after the whole Ritsuko kiss thing, he's like fucking like, oh my god, I fucked up. I gotta just bail. I gotta just distance myself from everyone. So he's not hanging out with them. He's not going to the store anymore to like play at all. But then he gets this letter from his dad that has the address to his mom's place in Tokyo. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna take a trip to Tokyo to go visit my mom who I haven't seen in fucking forever. Sen decides to just like hop aboard and go with him. He's like, Oh, you're going on a trip, Richie. I'll go with you. And, and he, and he gets the like train nerd in the class to like, all right, what do I need to do? (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) But yeah, so they go to Tokyo, but at the same time, they also go to, to 
what they believe is Brother June's like apartment. Apartment? Well, it, it is his dorm. It's his, oh, dorm. It's his dorm. Okay. Oh yeah, because uh, there's other college students but, there. But yeah, his uh, mailbox is just overflowing. Uh, his mail slot, I should say, not mailbox. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, some people come and say, "Oh, we haven't seen him in like a month." Yeah. Yeah. But we also see that a bunch of the letters, that some of the letters too, are from uh, Yurika. Mm-hmm. Well, Kaoru sees that, and he yeah. and specifically shoves but them I mean, into we the as slot. The audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we as the audience as well see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then he shoves those into the slot so uh, Centro won't see it because he's yeah. still on mission. Get those two together. I actually think it's also a little bit of a bro move on Kaoru's part, where it's like that's going to hurt my boy. Yeah, it's going to hurt his feelings. I don't, I, eh. I don't know, but also this is going to the fuck real up bro my move would have been maybe he doesn't need to be surprised like that. But maybe you need to pull him aside and say, "Hey, I think she might be yeah. into brother." Yeah. No, him hiding say, him hiding the mail was mostly self serving. That that's point. why I say a little Ugh. bit, a little bit. I'm not forgiving it. I'm saying a little bit because I kind of get it. Like you wouldn't want to just be like devastated out of the blue like that. You'd want it to be a conversation. Yeah. Well, we meet uh, some other people in the dorm. Who shout out to these guys? They're just like, "What? Who are you? Oh, we're Jude's friends. Ah, oh, sick. He's not here. We haven't seen him in a while. You want to play some Smash Bros yeah, in the yeah. dorms? You guys want to fucking drink? In, yeah. in well, <laughs> water. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. They end up mixing they, up the they glasses. Mixed up the glass drunk. And they get drunk. But it wasn't them giving alcohol to minors. Yeah, they're just like, huh, I don't know. They're they're probably just like, huh, whoops. Well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Here we go. Yeah, basically. And then, um, although munching on dried fish is is a, totally a thing. It's it's still a thing uh, while drinking, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, I like fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those squids are nice to to just just munch on, especially when you're fucking smashed. And um, yeah. But the whole trip, the reason for the trip is we. So far, we've known that Kauru's mom ran out on him. And the mm-hmm. dad is on a boat. Looks like it looked like it was a fishing boat, but he's gone for long stretches of time. And yeah. sounds like he goes. The implication I thought was that he's something to do military wise. That's but what I thought. They don't really explain See, it. I don't get because it's like a fishing boat, but he goes on a in a suit. Yeah. So, so I was like, confused. And he's on and he's rich and he's on tour for long stretches of time. That sounds so like, that feels military. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. He might own a fishing company i don't fucking know but yeah but then but then the one time they showed the boat when they were talking about dad they showed a fishing boat yeah whatever mm-hmm. um but we're uh finding out you know where the mom was and we're visiting and they go to like i guess have or the, they, they go to the is it like a uh hostess club type thing that where mom works I, I couldn't figure that part out. It seemed like kind of a sketch joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they're even like, that's where your mom works? So it's like, I think it's implied that it's like kind of a seedy, like yeah. less than reputable thing. But Because but, also, Kaoru has this moment of like, ah, maybe I got the address wrong. This can't be right. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. But I don't think they explicitly say it. True, they true, at true. least didn't in the English dub. So, yeah. And so they go back. The, uh, she wasn't there that day. They had the day off. And they go back the next day. It's raining. And she shows up, sees the two boys there. 
hurries them into the like restaurant across the street, I guess, or something something like that. Mm-hmm. And they have a meal, and then she, and then because Cintero eats like an animal, she looks at him and she's like, "Huh, I like the way you shovel it in." <laughs> yeah. She said she has like a thing for men who who have like a hearty appetite or whatever. Yeah, Which it, it was a what weird, a weird uh, fucking thing to say to a kid yeah. of of all the reasons to be into somebody. But also, Centauro backs this up a little bit because Kaoru gives his mom a copy of the title song, Lullaby of Birdland, or the episode title mm-hmm. song, Lullaby of Birdland. And she's like, oh, I don't know about this. And Sen and the English dub has this line is like, it's best sung when, or it's, it's best when it's sung by a sexy woman with a husky voice. And like looks dead at her and it's like, Jesus yeah, no, fucking Christ, that, dog. So like, in the Japanese, the subtitle, it says, Jazz is best sung by a woman with a husky voice while he's making hard eye contact with her. And I was like, mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs> like the wrist. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know, Calvary is kind of like, can you not mack on yeah, my mom <laughs> right, right like this. in front of me, dude? Swoon. But yeah, the, keeping track of this like love web is getting complicated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, you want me to be your dad? And... um <laughs> Uh, but I won't th- leave for mu- for uh, months at a yeah, time. Yeah, I'll be around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but Centro, one thing that was a nice, cool bro movement or moment, excuse me, was when the conversation between Kaoru and his mom was getting a little more serious, and then Centro mm-hmm. just excuses himself immediately. He's like, "This yeah. is my time to go," mm-hmm. which I thought was which it's it's interesting how like uh, emotionally intelligent Centro was. At times, especially to other people, but not to like himself. <laughs> and yeah, I was gonna say externally, yes. But if it involves him, internally, he's an idiot. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that for a lot of people, oh, that sure. is common where they're either more mm-hmm. external or more internal in their emotional intelligence. I don't think that's uncommon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying it as like a gripe. For oh, the sure, show. sure, sure. This is just an, an I'm interesting just saying thing it as like about the character. Yeah, a thing about the character himself. But yeah, and then so the base the episode basically ends with them playing music at the store again, and everything's right because jazz makes everything Hell right. Hell yeah, it's fixed. All right, arc yeah. plot arc over. Let's have the next and, thing. And, and yeah, episode five is kind of the start of it. Starts cold and then ends where they're they're cool again, and then there's the next episode, and they're all buddy buddy, and then they end cold, and it's like this flip flop episode to episode is kind of what mm. we're in now. Because now we get the, uh, what is it, uh, Seiji uh, comes up and wants to start a legit, like, rock band. And so now we get the, like, yeah. electric versus jazz mm-hmm. showdown going on. Yeah, because this is the start of their second year. Their so- or, well, I don't think it's called sophomores there. I think it's just called second year. But um, well, I, th- I think it's freshman, junior, senior. They don't, I think they don't have a sophomore class. Okay. But, I, I mean, they don't call it sophomore. It's just called second year. Right. That's yeah, what right, I mean. Right. So they start second year of school but also part of the problem with this is that they're kind of split up they're not all in the same class anymore Centaru gets placed in like a I think it's called like class 10 or something but it's like basically kind of like the bad kids yeah it seems like based on how you did the first year you kind of get hierarchied mm-hmm. it's like based on grades and behavior and stuff kind of like that which it's it's a pretty problematic system. Yep. Yeah. Uh, class E for those who've seen Assassination Classroom. I do love a. I, I do, do love Assassination Classroom. 
by the end of that show, I was like, do, do I want to become a teacher? I, yeah, same. <laughs> Should I become a teacher? I don't have any sort of degrees, but do I need to do, go do that? I don't even really like kids, but maybe I want to be a teacher. <laughs> do I want to be a teacher? What the fuck? <laughs> it's that Spider-Verse with Peter Parker where it's like, do I want kids? Like, oh, yeah. Um, but, but like to what Nick said earlier, we ep- episode six, we get that um, guy who wants to lead the band and, you know, mm-hmm. all these characters getting thrown in. And I, I even wrote what a messy web we have already. <laughs> Like and I'm getting real, getting real tired of it. Also, when she was painting, because she was using um, uh, what's her name, you uh, Eureka, 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 yeah, has was using Centro as a model for her painting, um, and then she she had her paintbrushes all, like down in the in the pot. That was horrible. That bothered me oh. so much. Oh my I'm god, ruin them. Same. Like you didn't pay for those, dude. You didn't pay for I those. Was, oh. That bothered me so much. And it was one of those things where I'm like, this shouldn't bother me as much as it is. <laughs> but it really is. Like, I would never store my paintbrushes like that. Ugh. Like, God damn it. <laughs> but uh, I need. I have a quick question for you guys. What was your initial thoughts and continuing thoughts of Matsuoka this whole time? Seiji. I thought he was uh, an uncomfortable uh, gay character. Like, like a, a very not terribly positive version of an eff- like effeminate male. The English dub, they do it dirty. Oh, dude. It is problematic. Like Gurren Logan engineer? <laughs> Bad? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's holy shit. Just offensive. Like, I was like, this was 2012. Yes. Because holy fuck. And this is not me talking shit. I just know that this is not how this person talks in their everyday life. This is them putting on a caricature of how they believed someone should behave or how they were directed to behave. The English voice actor for him is Soma from Food Wars. So doesn't talk like this like flamboyant yeah. caricature the whole time. Yeah. But for whatever reason for this show, they did. And I'm like, this is, I hate this so goddamn much. And he was already in a weird spot because it's like, there's really nothing wrong with this character, but they kind of pose him as kind of an antagonist to Kauru. Yeah. And the whole thing felt very strange. It's like very strange. The, the way they're framing it is supposed to try to make me root against this guy, even though there's no reason to, which was kind Brody of Brody just vibe. wants some tail. Brody is just trying to get girls, man. And he, 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 support and he wants his to support his family. He wants to support yeah. his family. Well, but the whole time, every line is always like, "I wish the girls then would the chase girls me. will be yeah. all over us." Yeah, like he has that line the whole time. Like, yes, he wants to support his family, but it's pretty fucking obvious that dude is like, "Women like rock stars." I want to yeah. be a goddamn rock star. Yeah, his, yeah that character. I, I want to be famous, popular, and rich. That character's portrayal yeah. was just uncomfortable and unnecessary. Poor. It was poor. But that's not the point. Uh, but basically, he. Wants, like we said, wants to become a rock star, and he knows that Centaro plays the drums. So he's like, Oh, I'm gonna get fucking Centaro to play the drums with me and my band. It's gonna be fucking sick. He gives Centaro a Beatles album, which, if you want to become not my friend, give me a Beatles album. <laughs> Show me some of the shittiest music I've ever heard in my life. <sighs> I'm talking about the Beatles. And yeah, that's that's how I, I get why Cal Rue's mad at this. He's like, you're listening to the fucking <laughs> Beatles, you piece of shit. Uh, so yeah, I get that. 
But this only makes sense to Marcus and no one else who's watched this show. <laughs> what do you mean? He gives him a Beatles album to like learn to play like rock music, and he wants him to play in the. I'm, I'm just saying the the particular read of of course Kauru's mad at him because the Beatles suck is only your read on this and no oh, one else's interpretation. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate the Beatles. God damn it! That is just peak white mediocrity to me. I'm not getting into. That. I'm not ranting. A little bit. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Person of the year time, really? Nothing else is going on in the world? Just, okay, whatever. But uh, at this point, Kalru is kind of having, like, these abandonment issues where he's like, oh, shit, I'm losing my friend. Like, if he goes off to play rock with a different band, he's not going to be my friend anymore. Forever. He's never coming back. He's yeah. never coming Never. Home. Yep. Dad went to go get some milk. My mom works at a hostess <laughs> and, club. And we'll never be roommates. Yeah. And, and they're going to take my best Sen friend. the Beatles. Yep, they're going to take my best friend up to a farm upstate, and I'm never going to see him <laughs> <No>. again. <laughs> yeah, and then, so this is just more of the, like, overreaction. Uh, I don't know. It was just an extreme overreaction, misunderstanding. They might punch each other or something, or someone gets whacked in the mm-hmm. face with a with a bag, and then it's like, well, I know we have our disagreements, but I'm going to play some of these drums, and then you play on that piano, and then, then it'll yeah, fix he it, has everything. The, like, when hearing that he's going to be in this rock band just until the talent show, he has a reaction like he just got dumped and, like, runs onto the bus. Yeah. And, like, yeah. leaves crying. Yeah, no, yeah. This, th- this was when... <laughs> Like I was kind of mostly joking to myself about like I want a boy, I want two boyfriends, and my boyfriends will be boyfriends. This was a reaction that was a little bit more, uh, more intense than a mm-hmm. strictly platonic. <laughs> Macau is just very confused. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he even says it later. Moments. Um, uh, there, he's commenting about like uh. Ritsuko, like, saying, you know, like, you know, why would you, why don't you like him anymore? And he's like, I find myself breathless whenever I look at him sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just he's says like, it. He even like, takes right. my breath away. Cool. And again, I right, was a, another one where I was like, how did I not notice this? <laughs> like, how did, I, how, did I, how did I miss this the first time around? <laughs> what was I going through in my life where I'm like, yes, this is how people behave? <laughs> well, I mean, this is <laughs> how people behave. Well, if they're not you know, straight. I'm like, <laughs> Well, learned something about myself early on that I didn't know. But going into, uh, he also like just straight up lashes out at Sen. Yeah, that's all he does. Just like, lashes out. Fucking blows up on him. Going into episode seven, now's the time. Both of them are still like pretty detached from each other. Um, at this point, Record Dad, I don't remember his name. I'm just going to Oh, Are we up to episode seven? Dad. I'm sorry? Yeah. Oh, real yeah, quick. I so. Real quick. Because they go to the beach and have a falling out there with the razor clams and bullshit. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the blow up. That's the blow up. But scene. for some reason, he uh, <laughs> in the subtitle, he says, in a pig's ass. As like. <laughs> they say that in the dub, too. Oh, no! <laughs> they say that in the dub. <laughs> I did check that one. <laughs> and then, and then like, the um, beginning of episode seven had that tiny little recap. It opens with, in a pig's ass. <laughs> in a pig's ass. Just in case you forgot. <laughs> that was the precursor to Black Mirror. They were setting up that episode way ahead wow. in advance. What a cut. 
Wow. Tiny tangent. I had a moment where everyone was like, oh my God, Marcus, you got to watch Black Mirror. Black Mirror is so good. It's right up your fucking alley. You'd love Black Mirror. I watched episode one of Black Mirror and a man fucks a pig and I had a crisis where I was like, what do people think of me? Why would anyone think I would enjoy this kind of content? Do people not like me? Do I not have friends? Yeah. I'm not playing jazz with anyone currently, so obviously I don't. That was a choice to have that be their pilot, you know, premiere episode. Bro, what the fuck? But anyway, so in a pig's ass. In a pig's ass. So it starts off the episode. And at one point, Record Store Dad goes back to that that bar. Uh, I think it was called Stella or something like that. And the bartender's like, yo, look at the edge of the bar. And he sees this really scruffy dude. And Dr. Tenma looks <laughs> yeah, fucking Yeah, he looks exactly <laughs> like fucking Tenma. <laughs> I, in my, in, as a joke in my, in my notes, I wrote, but also another monster thing was uh, how our boy's profession after uh, by the last episode yep, 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 yep. i was like oh is yep. this an origin story <laughs> i thought it was i was thinking oshinoko honestly um, oh man what a, what a twist <laughs> <laughs> but uh he sees just a fucking wrecked brother june at the end of the bar like dude is hammered he's unshaved his hair's gotten super fucking long they portray him as it looks like he hasn't showered in fucking weeks and Kind of nobody knows why. Well, we don't know mm-hmm. why at this point. But then it cuts back to the school festival, and uh, Seiji and his band, I think they call themselves Olympus. Olympus, yeah. Or if the Olympus, right. okay. maybe. Oh, yeah, because the the form, I don't know if they did the form yet. But, yeah, they, they did, and it was, it was just the brief start of this episode where they were still distant from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, it was like... Uh, Kauru was like correcting him, like, no, you're using the wrong article. It shouldn't be Za Olympus, it should be something else. Yeah. I forget what he's oh, like, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. He's like, nah, Za's fine. <laughs> yeah. And so they're performing at the school festival, and it seems to be going well. Like, people are enjoying this performance. But then suddenly the sound cuts out, and it was apparently, which I kind of don't understand, some of the power went out. Well, it seems like the they, blew, they, they blew a particular circuit, it seemed like. Yeah, because it's like the lights are still on, but none of the amps are working. Oh, I apologize. Uh, before we get way too crazy on that on the, the show, <laughs> um, Eureka and uh, Centro have a, a thing at the top of the stairs in the back room. Oh, yeah, another uh, somebody getting a little too Yeah, and then he does, the, he does the, yeah, he pushes his arm up against the wall and traps her. Was that and last that, episode? No, that's this episode. That's this episode. And then and then brother oh, yeah, June's yeah, yeah, in, yeah. The, and, in the in the basement cuz uh Jazz Dad brought him back yeah, to stay with to, him. To let him hang out and crash down there. And June's just like, "Oh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about me." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh." Ugh. He's like, "Oh, am no, I these are teenagers. Am I interrupting?" He's teenagers kissing. But th- there's so so that part of the plot is coming to a head. Well, also, another brother June is a piece of shit moment. She, Eureka freaks out at this, like seeing Brother June when Centaurus like got her pressed against the wall and they're about because Eureka was coming around, kind of going yeah. for it, yeah. And so she peels out, and Sen kind of like starts to follow her, but doesn't leave the store. She's gone. Brother June has this line where he goes, "Hey, Sen boy, 
Your woman left your record. Your woman. Do you want me to go give it to her? And I'm like, you piece of shit. What the fuck kind of line is that? What is wrong with you? And then Sid just punches the fuck out of him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it more. I'm here for that. Yeah, but June's just like, well, he didn't read and fight back. He's like, I deserve that. Well, I think. No. He's not in the English dub. In the Japanese one, he seems so resigned at that point. Bro, in the English dub, he says, I knew you were only good for one punch. Just like antagonizing him some more. I'm like, what the fuck? Did he say that in the Japanese? (laughs) I thought he was just. No. Fucking I thought asshole. he just like slumped down. Was just like uh, you. He like even says like I think you like hit harder. You, you or you hit real hard. He he comments on the punch being yeah, real he good. Yeah, he says like. But that's like about he it. He says like that was a good one, but you're only good for one punch. And I'm like, God damn, dude! Like one, you'd absolutely get your ass whooped by him. Like you'd get fucking molly whopped. Shut the fuck up. Also, stop being a piece of shit. You're antagonizing a child right now. What is wrong with you? Record store dad steps in and he's like, let it go, sin boy. It's not worth it. <laughs> and <laughs> leave it alone, Your Jacob. Your fucking jazz town. voice is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, everyone is getting it, which is which is the, the best part. Uh, but, yeah, so th- that happens. So thank you for reminding us of that, Dan. Yes. Um, yeah. Then they have their... The moment of uh, Kaoru's like, all right, well, I've got to save this show. I'll stall and play piano, and then they can go back on the moment that the power comes back. Time to fix our relationship with music. Yep. And they play like a fucking banger. Yeah, yeah. This was a clip that I, this is one of the clips I saw that, I saw this clip and one other, and I was like, all right, I bought that Blu-ray. Purchased. Yeah. But... This was one of those moments, though, where they have, like, them playing and, like, everyone is grabbing everyone from all over the school. And I'm just like, it's a hallmark I don't care moment. how good your piano drum melody is going. They're not grabbing people from, like, all the way across yeah, the fucking like, school. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's the 60s. They didn't have shit going on. Like, like there, there was no one to text somebody to be like, come running. Like, yeah. anyone who was there was just going to keep watching. And so anyone who yeah. was way the fuck away isn't going to fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, no, just a <laughs> yeah, contrived like, bullshit that you'd see at some in some Hallmark fucking movie. Um, but, but they start playing and they finish and then nobody's clapping. And then suddenly slow clap from the back. Eureka. Coming from Eureka. And then the two the of them like run off together and go get married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote. I wrote it at that point. I said uh, in my notes, I put, "Bro, that was sick. Let's go fucking run." <laughs> Again, I still. What was going on with 2012, Marcus? Where I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, this is what, this is what yeah, people. This do. is what best friends do." We're, we're here to do two things, play jazz and run off into the sunset together. Yeah. What, what was that Dustin Hoffman movie where it's like he breaks up the wedding, they get on the bus and they're like laughing about it as they drive away into the sunset. And then they're like, they have the slow realization that they fucked up. That's a very specific reference that I'm not framing well. Whatever. It reminded me of that. Mm. I'm going to find it. You guys keep talking okay. for a second. Okay. Put that on the Twitter. <laughs> All right. Uh, episode eight, These Foolish Things. Uh, this is where we get the whole Brother June flashback, and I'm like, man, this would have been a real cool arc for this show yeah. if we'd gone into this in more time. I was in, because yeah. I was getting, you know, as good as the the music thing in the previous episode was, 
everything was just very contrived, and I kind of hated this cycle that we were getting in of, you know, cold, uh, music, we're good. You know, disagreement, music, we're good. Um, so then this came out of, no, like, felt like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, brief interlude, the movie was The Graduate. All right, we're done. Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, duh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but now we have, um, this, this side, the side plot of like what actually was happening with Brother June, which was interesting because yeah. this, the shit was happening, you know, back today across the world. Yeah. And he became basically a leftist student leader of the student uprising that did actually happen in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was a key part of it. And, but one of his, uh, people that he was associated with, who he played jazz with on the side when they weren't doing the student movement stuff, got his fucking hands broken in a protest. And he basically like lost his will to be in it anymore after he's like, I can't play you know the saxophone after this. Playing jazz with on the side sounds like slang for something at this point. It yeah, does. For yeah. this show. <laughs> I will say, so interestingly, in the English dub, the guy's like, I almost said jazzed. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. The guy's like still jazzed. He's like, you know what? I can't play saxophone anymore. But that just means that it won't be a distraction. And I can go do some stuff yeah, that what matters. a trooper. Like I can go do some. What a fucking yeah. trooper. Yeah. I don't remember that being quite the vibe in the sub, but he that was w- not nearly as broken up about it as the as June yeah, was. No. about The idea of that he can't oh, yeah. play saxophone. In the anymore. sub, it almost seemed like he was relieved that he could now focus on the movement and not play around with mm-hmm. jazz on the side. Yeah. But yeah, and so like for whatever reason, like it seems like June blames himself for this because Eureka shows up at his apartment and they're having this also, goddamn it, fuck brother June, you piece of shit, you handsy motherfucker. She shows up at his apartment and he's like, What what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna go home? Are you gonna come in? And dangerously <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> That's what it just made me think of. Fucking Cheetos. <laughs> oh man. Well, but she comes in. The shit gets flaming hot pretty quick. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> and um, <laughs> because because uh, Brother June was completely disowned by his family for his political activism, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, it was twofold. First, they didn't want him going to college in Tokyo. In at Tokyo, all, yeah. But they're like, we'll, we'll we'll deal with that, but we're unhappy. And then he mm-hmm. drops out of school to become a leftist thought leader. And they were like, that's where we draw the fucking line. We're <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Those get, damn get the commies. And yeah. so, so you know, Eureka's here. And she 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 looks at June, you know, the, the previous image of this, like, clean-shaven, uh, charismatic young man in the bar from ages ago. And, I guess, hanging out in the basement later. Um, mm-hmm. And she sees this... Uh, Disheveled. disheveled, you know, falling yeah. apart version of him, and she's just yeah. like, I Dude, can dude's fix been him. off hunting a serial killer, and I'm like, that's that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like, I can fix him. I can fix him. I, I let me just let me try. And then you know, he's yeah. like, you need to get out of here. You know, you can't be around me. And she's like, fuck you. I'll cut my hair. Yeah, well, got him. Before that, before that, he like presses her down on the ground, and he's like, is this the shit you want? Is this what you fucking oh, want? Oh, because she's like, why did you only kiss me or something? 
At that, that point, happens was that, later. Is that later? Oh. She says, she says, why did you kiss me in the basement? Was that just mm. a fluke? And then he's like, oh, fine. Do you want some more? And he just like straight up pins her to the ground. And he's like being really predatory right here. Well, he's the adult and, here. So he's always yeah. predatory. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. But she says, like, oh, do you think that's going to work? Do you think, oh, if I behave like a fucking animal, I'll scare her off and she'll run away. Well, it's not going to work. Which is a healthy response. Really heavy sarcasm. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. But then she's like, you keep calling me young lady and I'm not a young lady. Look, I cut my hair short. That means I've aged five years or something. I don't. And I'm a rebellious know. young woman. Woo. Yeah. I, I'm bald. I, I have no connection to this. Like <laughs> me cutting my hair doesn't, I, I don't know. But also, Sen goes to the apartment, like goes to Brother June's apartment. Brother June opens the door. He sees short hair Eureka in the background. And he's like, oh, uh, what the fuck? And even Brother June is like, well, shit. You're the, yeah, you're the last person I wanted you to see yeah. this. And I send bails. Yeah, and I mean, out. rightfully, mm-hmm. like, I I understand that sentiment completely. But <laughs> it's like, uh, it, 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 for some reason, during that bit, uh, I just thought of Uncle Ruckus. Or, and then he's just like, sorry for my previous outburst. <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> just like, uh, nope, I'm done. <laughs> But Sin, like, goes to confide in Kaoru about this scenario where he's like, bro, I, I'm hurt. I have been wounded by two people I thought I loved. And yet here I am with my heart laid bare. And Kaoru's like, you piece of shit. Don't you know that someone else like, I'm not here to comfort you, you fuck. We haven't played jazz at all today. You think we're <laughs> friends? And he like storms off and Sin is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And <laughs> Calvary does this thing that I, I hate so goddamn much where he's like, figure it out. I'm like, no, tell me if I'm asking you a question and something is wrong and I don't know what's wrong. Fucking yeah, tell me what's figured wrong. Don't tell me to figure it out in 15 years. How am I going to figure it out in the next five minutes? Bro, if somebody is mad at me and I ask them what's wrong and they tell me to figure it out, it is now my mission to never <laughs> figure it out. We're going to be 30 years down the line and they're going to be like, hey, Marcus, do you remember how you wronged me when you were 16? And I'm going to be like, I remember I did you right. That's what I remember. You fuck. You piece of shit. You should have told me what was wrong. Otherwise, I'm fine. So, I hate that shit. Yeah. Communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Life isn't an anime. Just talk. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, Shortly after this, Kaoru kind of realizes, uh, or sorry, Sentaro realizes that Kaoru was talking about Ritsuko, where he has this like kind of like flashback montage moment of all the times Ritsuko was there to support him, like caring for him, concerned about his overall well-being, patching up his bruises and cuts when he got in fights and stuff. And he's like, oh, shit. Richie meant that she loves me. Okay, I gotta I gotta rectify this. So then that leads us into episode nine, aptly titled Love Me or Leave Me. And Centero kind of confronts Ritsko and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry 
that I didn't realize you were madly in love with me because I'm so fucking hot and I'm like a Greek god. <laughs> and she's like, what? No, dude. I'm not into you. And this is also, I think, a formative moment for Ritsko where she was kind of confused about her feelings towards Sen before, but then she was like kind of confused about her feelings toward Kaoru where she's like, the, that's I a newish him. development in these episodes. Yeah. Where she's starting to like say like, oh, I'm only like really comfortable around Kaoru. Or like I, I feel mm-hmm. very relaxed and, and at ease around Kaoru. And so it's 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 her working So this is a part of the plot that I did not enjoy, but it's not necessarily bad. It's just not mm-hmm. the plot that I'm looking for of people falling in and out of like and love and but that's that's and normal and natural. Song. I get it. It's just, it's very... But it's contrived. It's fucked. Rushed. It's rushed. Uh, it's absolutely rushed. Because, yeah, like... Yeah. This is all happening while we get the two, Brother June and Eureka, like, really quick episodes of them getting together and then bailing entirely and moving to Tokyo. <laughs> I fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's the Hallmark special fucking moment, man. And... Well, yeah. except they moved to the big city, not to the small town. Oh, yeah. They gotta move, we got to move. You know, I'm just visiting my parents for the holiday, and the former <laughs> high school quarterback who runs an orphanage for baby cows is talking to me at the bar See, or some shit. I need the one where the guy gets taken on a trip to, by his parents, like a Christmas vacation. We're going to the big city. He meets the hot city lawyer, falls in love with her. She convinces him to move in with her. And then she, he, she teaches him to start hitting Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> like, fuck small town family values. You got to live in the city and you got to fucking hate Christian values. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'd watch the fuck out of that, actually. Great. Um, But there's a, there, <laughs> but the episode nine is this, um, the Christmas party bit. Where there's a Christmas mm-hmm. party and the others are invited, but uh, uh, Centro and I, I can't remember her fucking name for shit. Ritsuko. Ritsuko are going to their own Christian party, uh, Christmas mass thing, and so they won't be attending. Mm-hmm. And Kaoru is doing so. So while he was being weaselly before, once he got rejected by Ritsuko, he seemed to be. T- that was like a big shift in it for him where he's like, okay, I need to pump the brakes and I need to support Ritsuko. And now he's trying to kind of actively avoid her, avoiding her and trying to match make those two. Yeah. And try to push those two together and be like, I cannot, I can do nothing to interfere. Yeah. It's, it's it's a little bit like white knighty to a point because it's like, you're also supposed to be friends with her too, brother. Mm. Like, this isn't this isn't what friends I, do, and but they're kids. Um, but so so he goes to this party, which is outside of his wheelhouse, um, to condition himself more to to expand his his group. And this is mm. around the time where like every other girl in class is aggressively starting to hit on him. Oh yeah, which well, because, because of the, of the play, because yeah, of the festival. the festival, yeah, because of the festival performance. Like everyone's like, oh. He actually is kind of cute, and he's smart, so let's everyone be into him now. They're like, man, that motherfucker's good with his fingers. I'm in. Gross. But. <laughs> the fucking, I will the say, pause. <laughs> I'm not I was like, I have out. nothing to add to that. Let's just sit here. Let's just sit here with this. 
<laughs> but yes. uh, kind of on your point, Dan, what you said where it's like that formative moment and he kind of flipped here. I liked that for him in the Mostly, sense yeah, that me too. He, he does kind of become a little bit of a bro here where he's like, I am going to respect her decision. I'm not forcing myself on her anymore. I get that she's not into me. I get that she's into my boy. You know what? I'm going to set that up. Like, I think they'd be good for each other. They both obviously have feelings for each other. Again, we don't understand that guys and girls can be uh, platonically in love with each other. It's only got to be a romantic Mm -hmm. love kind of thing. Let's set that up. And so whenever she's like, oh, no, I can't go to this party. I have plans at the church. Initially, he said, I can't go to the party either. He goes, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I will go. And that hurts her feelings, which I don't think she fully understands either. But I get his pursuit. I think that was a shitty move. I think he should have waited till she left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get what he's going for of like, oh, let me distance distance myself a bit from her in a sense that like I'm going to give her space, which I know that's what he thinks he's doing, but he's not going about it in a good way. But again, they're they're fucking teenagers. They're like. 16, 17 or something. Yeah, like one or two years pass throughout the course of this show. They speed run it because they go like, oh, we have a break. Oh, the next year. Oh, we got exams. College. Yeah, (laughs) because it's start of uh, year one at the start of the anime. And by the end of it, even before the eight-year time leap, they're at graduation. Yeah. Like, yeah. They They speed run it. But also we get this other plot with – Brother June, he gets a letter from old boy in Tokyo that he's, like, starting a publishing company. And he's like, I want you in on it, man. Like, you start this publish, or you come be a part of this publishing company with me. June is kind of like, yeah, I've got nothing else going on in life. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, I'm I'm going to leave this small shitty town and I'm never coming back. Yeah. Eureka goes to the train station to, like, say goodbye and he has this moment where he's like, it's fine, baby. You got to <laughs> stay here. You got to live your own life. And she's like, but what if I want to come with you? And he's like, you can't. You're just a kid, kid. And he gets on the train and he hears his her parents like yelling like, Eureka, you got to come home and marry. You have an arranged marriage. How dare you? Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah. to marry Jimbo Stevens of the Stevens Barony. This is how it works. And he has a flashback to five seconds ago of her line where she's like, I will go live my own yeah, life. Yeah, she said, like, thank you for setting me free. I thought it was going to be a mature, like, thing where he yeah. hard says no, where I'm, like, I'm moving on with my life. And she's accepting it. Or just a, I fucked up and I shouldn't have been messing yeah, with you. Yeah, you know, but there was a, a lot of finality with, you know, that parting statement. And then her saying, mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. Like, that door is closed. I can move on. Now I can go live in my own world. Yeah, but then he realizes, because I imagine they've talked about, like, their their lives at this point, so he probably understands. Mm-hmm. And then he gets that reminder of these overbearing, controlling parents, and then... Uh, he still <sighs> has the hots for a teenager. And then... Yeah. And then he just yanks her onto the yeah, train. Yanks her onto the like, train. Oh, As I'm on it's the already train. moving. As it's yeah. moving. I'm on the train. What do I do Some now? Hallmark and he's bullshit. like, go live with me in Tokyo, kid. Yeah. We got to blow this scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but also, because that was towards the end of the episode, we also have this bit 
uh, or the the rest of the, actually the entire rest of the episode was our exploration of um, this the, the the romance flip for uh, Ritsuko. Thank you, and <laughs> I need to write it down. And um, because I forget what happens, but they it comes to a head where Ritsuko's talking to Kaoru, and Kaoru's just like, well, you know, just go go be with Sentaro, and then. She gets really mad and leaves, and then because I wrote men, we don't know what we did <laughs> uh, because yeah. he thinks he's doing the saintly falling on my own sword little bit thing of trying to set up in that relationship and stay out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't realize that he got it wrong. She uh, was knitting something. Oh, maybe that was the inciting incident for this. Um, yeah, she was knitting something, and he said, uh, oh, yeah, Centro's birthday's coming up. I'm sure he'll love whatever you're making. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is a, you know, men, we don't know what we did. Um, and then she storms out, gets mad. She pitches it in the trash can with her, uh, the the knitting needle chopstick-looking motherfuckers. What are those called? Well, yeah, it was, it was just everything. called knitting needles. Huh? It, it was the yarn. It was what she'd knitted already and her needles. The whole thing. Like, just she, threw, threw it all in the she trash. She pitches the whole thing, and... Uh, but I do like though that when she she processes her feelings on this some more and she runs back to to go get it, and I was like, man, even in even the trash in Japan is cleaner than America's. <laughs> like it's Dude. just it's just well, I I, I know it's, it's a gone. show, but it's just like crumpled up paper. But then it, here it's gone. Um, it, but Eureka's that just shows up and he's like, hey, what do you, hey hey bro, what do you you. Know, People are gonna look at you funny. Why, in the Why trash? are you in the trash? It's weird. It's weird. She's like, "Oh, I left something important in here," and she's like, "Well, scoot over." Rolls up her sleeves and dives in. What a bro! Yeah, um, bro moment. doesn't even know what she's looking for. R- Ritsuku <laughs> should have stopped her and been like, "I have knitting needles in there. At least be a little careful. <laughs> don't plunge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- don't plunge with force. You're you gonna st- Jesus yourself. Don't do this." <laughs> yeah. And she wouldn't say that. She's a Christian, you know. And then she, they're going back and forth, and they're trying to, and she, uh, they're helping each other with, you know, kind of process their feelings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. we get a letter uh, of the was it the some some was it the showdown where um this is, oh he's like challenging, challenging him. him. He's like oh, I don't even like jazz or whatever. Uh, Matsuoka is like jazz sucks. Yeah. So they Olympus is king. Fight us in a battle of the bands. But yeah, and then uh, and then that's when we have well, more June well, and, and and stuff. And then th- this is the point where I just wrote like this is this relationship feels super rushed and forced. Yeah, well, the challenge comes in episode ten. Uh, oh, that was this okay. episode ends with the uh, finished gloves on the piano. Mm. For yeah, he Kaoru. flips the keyboard cover, the the keys cover, wow. and there's the blue gloves there. And he's like, huh, what's this? And then it cuts into episode yep. 10. And he's like, huh, what's this? And he's like, I'm overthinking this. And he even has like a thought of like, oh, I knitted Centauro a sweater. And with the leftover, I made you these gloves. Oh, yeah. And so he's like, no, 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 no. I'm overthinking this. She's just being nice. This isn't like a declaration of anything. I'm not going to fucking press on this. And at first, he's not even wearing the gloves either. And then, like, they get in a I think that hurts fight. her feelings because she notices that, I think. Yeah, she sees it because she's, like, walking to school and she's like, oh, hey, what's up? 
And he's like, oh, hey. And he's hiding the gloves behind his yeah. back. And she's like, damn, he wouldn't wear my fucking gloves. But then, like, at the end of the school day, him and Centro get in a snowball fight and he's wearing the gloves. And then he, like, protects her from a snowball hitting her in the back of the head. With the gloves. And she turns around. Uh-oh. And she's like, oh, the gloves. Also, hey. fun little bit in this, uh, the snowball fight. There was a point where Centro is, like, kneeling down getting another ball going. And Kaoru comes running up and point blanks <laughs> yeah. one to his fucking dome. <laughs> In a, in a in a drive-by, I'm like, that's savage. Yeah. That's savage. <laughs> yeah, I laughed really hard at that. That's pretty good because it is like point blank. So yeah, and then I'm trying to remember the exact timeline here because it's not in the wiki summary. But I think this is when when he gets sick. Well, he goes and hangs out at uh, Centro's. Centro's place, yeah. right? And then he gets like he gets, the wet. He gets wet. Um, yeah, yeah. He like uh, Centro's sister like. Wets herself on him, yeah. so he has to like get his clothes washed. He's in oh, the yeah. bath. God damn! And then Ritsuku walks in because they share the bath, of course. So we have to have the anime moment of someone walking in on someone in the bath. And motherfuckers don't knock. No, oh, nobody fucking. She knocks. knocks. It's an announcement. It's not a request. It's knock knock. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's because she thinks it's the I sister. I know who's in here. Yeah. It couldn't be anyone else but the person I think is in the bath right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There isn't 12 people that live in this fucking house. And and he asked her a straight question. I've, I I didn't write down what that question was, but I thought it was really big of him. Like, wh- I think it was just like, what are you, uh, like, wh- where are we at this point, I guess, basically. Mm-hmm. And she can't answer and she leaves. And I'm like, God fucking yeah. damn it. Yep. And then he, like, runs out of there. His clothes aren't dry yet. And then he gets sick. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of course. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he, and he's not at school for a little while, and she, well, Centero and her come to drop something off to him at his house. It's like some his homework and like some bananas or some shit. Like eat your potassium. Santa's kind of like, you go see him. I know what's going on here. You go fucking give this shit to him. Yeah, I'm gonna peel out. I ain't third wheel in this shit. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and he's Kauru sees that from the window. And he just, like, acts nonchalant like he's reading a book, like he's at the start of his one-man show where he's like, oh, didn't see you there. <laughs> but she, like, gives him this stuff, and he kind of, like, confronts her. He's like, Sen was with you, right? Why didn't he come up? He should have come up, too. And she's kind of like, you are so fucking dumb, dude. I'm not doing this. We're not having this standoff, period. Go fuck yourself. You not having confidence makes me feel like I can't have confidence, yeah. which is pretty toxic. Like that's a little, Yeah, no, it's not good. Y'all shouldn't be wrapped up like that for each other. But she's like, if you keep telling me to be confident, but you can't practice what you preach, so how can I believe you? I gotta I gotta fucking be out. Oh yeah. She leaves and he has that moment from click where he's like getting out of the hospital bed. And like chasing her out in his bathrobe, but he can barely walk. Because he's a Victorian. A cold in Japan is terminal. Sickly yep. Victorian child. This is also the scene <laughs> where Papa, I've got the black. Where Kaoru says, "So handsome, he even takes my breath away sometimes." This is the scene where that happens. And then I wrote, "I want two boyfriends." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's but, just uh, fumbling, um, being you know so hard, being a self-destructive loser because he just. I don't know, Calru, idiot. But but yeah, he chases her yeah, down. He has his like confession out in the uh, in the front yard while he's still in his pajamas. He screams it in out. the snow. He's from Re- the mountain repeatedly. Yep. 
and then goes for the kiss after the confession and just passes the fuck out because yeah. once again, it's terminal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His bones collapsed at that moment. Only regret was having bonitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good pull. Good pull. <laughs> oh, yeah, but this is when the challenge yeah. shows up. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're back to the same, and same they're cool, time. They're cool we're back it. to the they're formula. Like, yeah, we're going to fucking... We're gonna battle it out. Yep. Yeah, Every- they're they're prepping, but then uh, Centro finds out that his alcoholic, abusive, and negligent father is coming home. Yep. After many yeah. many years away, and he lets the pigeon go. Yep. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, dad," which I I hate this moment because he's like, "Oh, dad's coming home. I gotta I gotta fucking bail." Yeah, it's weird. Which seems it's so out, out of character. It's out of character. Yeah. Because if the father had a history of like abusive patterns both physically and verbally why would he leave his little siblings right with that guy yeah this didn't feel developed enough no and it just kind of came out of nowhere yeah I, like, like da- the dad coming home i can understand leading to some tension but like him just getting ready to bail like if they wanted that to be what he did it should have been some other form of motivation like oh maybe his dad who'd been sending money home dies and now he feels like he has to go to Tokyo and make enough money to send and back home or be- something get a job yeah, yeah. like th- there should have been some other impetus for this than yeah. just suddenly dad's coming home that we know have very little history with <sighs> it's it's, Which it's I, bullshit. I understand it's bullshit. I understand more than a lot of people physically abusive household trauma but at the same time I know you can fight now, dog. Yeah. Centro is old man touches one of your little brothers or sisters. Piece him the fuck up. Centro is the like, only character it. in the show to be drawn with biceps. Like they've yeah. shown that he's just a brick shit house, like a head taller than everybody else, adults included. And and Sen is so like protective and warm towards his younger siblings. This was not a situation of like I don't like my brothers and sisters. I don't want to be here when dad's back. I hate all these people. I'm getting the fuck out that, energy. And that it, totally it was, does happen where the eldest is like, yo, I'm old. I will not have to leave. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, but I'm out. But yeah. but that was not Sen's vibe no, at any point no, in the show. At all. No, He's great with kids. He's super protective of them. You honestly just think if someone would harm those kids, he would just give them a fucking two piece. Like, yeah. it would be over. And then for him to leave his brothers and sisters, I'm jumping ahead here. But and then end up working as a priest at an orphanage was a very weird yeah connecting. I don't fucking know that. I don't. I, I, I didn't like that. Well, let's. I, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, not in character at all. But yeah, so he's gonna fucking bail, and uh, Kauru, like, going from episode ten to episode. Yeah, 11. He, he picks up the vibe and he does a yeah. stakeout. Kauru's like just waiting outside the door and is like, oh, you just leave him? And I also think of moments in this in shows where it's like, yes, it works for that scene. How long was that person waiting there for that moment? Like to Many happen? Hours. Where it's like, God damn it, I've been here for three hours and he still hasn't left. I know he's packing. I saw him packing the bag. Like, But they kind of get into a scrap here and Kauru's like trying to physically stop him. He's like wrapping him around the waist, like trying to tackle him and stuff like that. Centuru obviously is able to beat him off really easy. <laughs> and then they just... God damn it. <laughs> this isn't Golden Kamui. What are you doing? <laughs> I didn't catch it, and then I noticed you guys both started, like snickering. He's able to physically get away from him 
easily enough because he's a big guy that fights a lot. <laughs> but, shut up. God damn it. <laughs> but uh, they're having this like kind of standoff where he's like, no, man, you can't fucking go. Like you can't. This isn't the way to go about this. And Centro kind of like eventually comes around with this and they have this scrap. Everyone hears them have this scrap, but they just lie and say they were fighting about something with the music festival. And Ritzko even has a moment where she's like, I know you guys are tense about this battle of the band scenario coming up, but you guys got to be there for each other. Like you got to be cool, man. And so they decide to kind of be cool. They practice a little bit and they're playing music and it gets kind of late into the night. Yep. And it's we, like the night before the festival. And I wasn't expecting to have two animes so close to each other have a sound of music arc. But right. Here we are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's something else. Uh, they get record dad. They convince him to play with them. <laughs> Yeah. And, and again, he's like, well, I guess I'm stoked. I'm yeah. ready. I already know all the but, music. Fuck you. <laughs> but then they convince Ritsuko to sing for them. And this is an interesting moment for me because in the dub, they keep the original Japanese VA singing. Why? 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 Why that, and not the American soldier? I, well, I don't get that because also, if it's typically music does not get dubbed over again. If it's an English dub and there's a song segment, it's usually oh, the original Japanese a, VA a right singing thing? in Japanese. It's normally they keep the Japanese because typically it'll be a translation issue or it'll be a lip flap issue where you can't really adapt that well. But in this scenario, she's singing an English song. So the lip flaps are fine. The music is fine. Why would you not have this new English VA sing this song instead of keeping the original Japanese VA? And my only thought was if it's a copyright thing and... Over in Japan, it's like they either got the rights or they didn't fucking care because it was an American. But then now when they redubbed it, they're like, we ain't fucking with that copyright law. They already recorded that shit. We're keeping that. We're not paying for these rights again. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of because no offense to the original Japanese VA, you can very much tell it's a Japanese person singing English who does not speak English. She did a perfectly decent job. No, I'm not saying she did a bad job. But it's, it's very clearly it's not jarring the same in the English dub, though, for sure. Yeah, like it's definitely like a whoa, why'd they do that? Yeah, but yeah, redubbed the racist guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, in that's in the sub, it made total sense for the scene, but it would have been a little strange if I'd been watching the dub. I think. That, oh yeah, that was not no. redone. It was. I I can only think it's got to be some kind of copyright or music right issue. That's that's like the only thing I can think of. Or if they were like, this person has the perfect voice for Ritsuko, we're gonna cast her. But that lady can't sing for shit. So let's just keep the original. Like, maybe okay. that, but it's still odd. But anyway, they have a nice little montage of them, like, practicing and singing. Kauru blows up on her at one point like a piece of shit. Where he's like, you're doing it too stiff. Yeah. You don't have any fucking swing. I, I, I get that they were... Tr- That's not a swingy song. I get they were trying to mirror him no longer being the newbie. And him saying the same shit that happened in like episode one or two, but but he was like just mean but with the it. Way he, he was just mean it. with yeah. it. Yeah, which maybe makes sense because well, we all know that he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the night, Richie leaves, and 
or he's about to leave, and Sen's like, hey, man, let's play, uh, I forgot what song it was. But it, was it Monin? Was it Monin? Yeah. Monin. Yeah. He's they like, they let's pretty play much Monin always more. go back to Monin. Yeah. He's like, let's play Monin one more time. And Richie's kind of like, no, man, if we start now, we're just going to be jamming the whole night. Which I think is a nice moment. It's not like a outright rejection. It's just kind of like a, no, we got a big day tomorrow, and I fucking know that if we get into it, we're not going to stop. No, I, so, I really like that moment. Yeah, that was, that was cool. nice. Um, I love that moment. It was real nice. And so Richie leaves and sends like, oh, fuck, he forgot his sheet music. But he probably knows it already. No, you know what? I'm going to go give it to him. So he leaves to go give it You're to You're not going to be able to catch up. He already left. Well, I'll get on my scooter that I yeah, just which, now got. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't seen yeah. anyone ride a scooter at any point in this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he gets on the scooter also with his little sister, uh, Sachiko. Did, did we see that? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. You have no we idea. We see her. No, no, no. You, you do? see her on the back of the scooter. Oh, oh you, you do? Because I you see not her know. head. It's like, she's, it's like she's asleep, like hugged up on huh. him. Okay. I, I like, did not see you, her at all. I didn't notice. I specifically looked for it this okay. time. Okay. Unless you're looking for it, no, you do not okay. see it. Because it's her dark hair on a dark backdrop. Oh, I thought it was just like a backpack so, or something. It it does look like that, but you can kind of see the hair moving in the wind a little bit. And again, it's only because I knew this was coming, so I specifically yeah. looked for it. Um, but they get in a crash, and Richie's at the school festival the next day, and he's like, "Man, this motherfucker's late." And Seiji shows up, and he's like, "Oh, is that motherfucker late?" Richie's kind of like, "No, no, no, whatever. He'll be here." Ritsuko shows up. She's like, "Oh my god." They're fucking in the hospital. I don't know how it is. Like, I don't know if he's okay. I just know they're in the hospital. He was in an accident last night. So they obviously, he sprints to the hospital. And I do like that he has this line here where he's like, I don't know how many times I've sprinted down this hill. This is the longest it has ever yeah. felt. Because mm-hmm. they've had several Which shots I- of him complaining about it or, or at least walking it. Well, he would complain about it in the beginning, but then at the end, it was always him having fun. Yeah, hanging out with his friends. Like, on the hill. Yeah. And because he even has a moment of, like, I didn't know how fast those moments would go by kind of thing. But in this time, it's like, holy shit, this taking forever to get to where I need to go. Because that adrenaline and that fear going, which I liked. He gets to the hospital. All of Sen's family, well, not all of them, are out in the hallway, kind of, like, real sad. His mom's like... Yeah, it's really bad. Hasn't woke up. Doctors say they don't know if they'll ever wake up. And he's like, oh, fuck. And the dad's like, don't talk like that. That That's fucking defeatist. Don't talk like that. Richie has a moment where he's like, yeah, yeah, no. Anytime we've seen Sin get fucked up, no matter what, he's come out on top of it. And they say, oh, no, we're talking about Sachiko. In the dub, Richie goes, oh, good. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, no, 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 no. That was Whoa. 100% the vibe I got in the sub. 100%. He, like, he goes like, oh, thank God. So he's okay then. And they're like, yeah, he's been up for a while. And he's like, great, where is he? And he just peels yeah. out. And it's yeah. like, what a piece yeah, of shit, Yeah, what a piece dude. of shit. <laughs> oh, thank God it's just a small child no, and not someone I care that, about. I wasn't friends with her. <laughs> The yeah. folks that did the dub 100% picked up the vibe of the the original one. Yeah. Because he's just like, all right, deuces. Where's my boy? And then he's like, I know where he is. He's probably on the fucking roof. 
So he goes, sprints up on the roof. And of course, this motherfucker is under a blanket again. He rips the blanket off. The rose petals start falling <laughs> not, around. Not, not only pulls the blanket off, but he walks through a wall of like sheets drying in the yeah. air before he even gets to him. Yeah. Like we're like, we're going to take that motif up to 11. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're selling it. You know, this motherfucker is going to be under a sheet before we even get there. And they have this moment of like, oh my God, thank God you're okay. And then Sachko wakes up like shortly after him. And they go down to check on her. Richie's not there for some reason, but then he comes back to the room and he doesn't see Sen there. He sees the rest of the family over Sachiko's bed. She's still fucked up, but she's like awake and talking to people. But, and he finds but he, the rosary. On, on the, the door, door handle. Yep. Yeah, because on the roof, after he pulls off the sheet, they have like a pretty big heart-to-heart talk. Mm-hmm. And to the point where... Um, Kaoru's crying and like grabs Centauro's head and pulls him into his belly. And then, so he's like, oh, so we can't see. So the line was like, we can't see yeah, each other. We can't crying. see each other cry. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Richie, why are you crying? And Richie, and I, this, this moment in the dub was very, very good because Richie's like, no, it's okay, man. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's okay to cry. I know you've been holding it in for a long fucking time. Yeah. And I know you've been trying to keep it together and hold it strong, but buddy, it's okay. And he's like, I don't need to cry, man. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's when he like pulls his head into like his stomach and he's like, there, now we don't have to see each other cry. Yeah. This had, this had the goodwill hunting. Like it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. Kind Mm -hmm. of vibes. And Centauro like breaks down and uh, like amazing scene to me. Yeah. Honestly, I got a little misty eyed here. No, this, this was an excellent scene. This this Um, one was good. As I said, Just the issue with a lot of these is like, this was a good scene. This could have been some top tier shit. Yeah. If yeah. the pacing led up to it yeah. well. Yep. But yeah, then then I skipped ahead. Sorry. But that's when we see the rosary on the door handle. Sen's not there. And they're like, where the fuck is he? And Ritsko's even kind of like, I haven't seen him in a fucking while. And Calru's like, no, 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 he's going to come back. He's going to show up. We're talking about him. He's going to show up when we least expect it to give us both shit. And he's like, you feel that way, don't you? And she's like, kind of like, yeah, yeah, I do. It does feel like that. But he basically knows that motherfucker ain't coming back. Again, felt pretty out of character. But I kind of get it in the sense of if he blamed himself. Yeah, he says that I just hurt people around me. Yeah, like yeah. Peop- those I care about get hurt. Like leaving after this accident does make more sense than him trying to bail when his dad showed the up. The first time, yeah. yeah. But the, the and also these two moments being so close together did weird. make it feel weird. So weird. Yeah. And there was like no gap. I would have expected Centro to... literally an episode yeah, apart. Yeah, it's the start of the episode and the end of yeah. the episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it all happens... So much happens so fucking fast in the show because they tried to condense nine fucking miles. See, I thought Centro would have been episodes. like the plot would have been him doubling, like doubling down and being overly protective and and like and caring of that sister because because he was felt so much guilt for hurting her that the the rest of the plot would be them pulling him out of that like unhealthy overbearing nature. This, that would have made yeah. more sense to me, but. So he basically comes to terms with the fact that he's probably never going to fucking see Sen again. 
episode 12, we get a pretty hefty time skip. Old boy is a doctor now. Well, he's taking care of a so cancer. Oh. We, we, we first have the graduation. Yeah. And then after graduation, we have the real awkward scene in um, Ritsuku's room with between Kaoru and Ritsuku. Yeah, oh, because yeah. she starts like bringing it up and like reminiscing. I think it was like a photo maybe or something. Yeah, it was a photo of the of uh, Kaoru yeah, and yeah. Uh, Centro. And then Kaoru's just like, stop talking about him. Straight up tells her just just stop talking about him. Like stop like dragging yeah. out this painful bullshit. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been to therapy. I'm not going to therapy. Just stop talking about him. Yep, <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> I forgot. Seiji even has a line where he's like, "Oh, you probably feel pretty bad because you haven't seen your best friend in forever, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left. It was like, "Go fuck yourself, Seiji. <laughs> you piece of shit." That would have been a nice moment for Centauro to show right back up just to hit him. <laughs> yeah. like, just flying a punch out the side of the screen. <laughs> Stop talking Bitch, shit. I survived. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he just says mean shit. And so he's just, again, lashing out and doesn't want to do anything healthy about it. Just like, it's like, nope, fuck you. I'm not dealing with this. He left us. I'm mad. I'm out. Yeah. Well, and then he has a line about how, and he tries to uh, kind of go in for like a kiss and more on Ritsuku and says a line of like, him being gone means we can be together. Yeah, that was nuts. Fucking so Christ, was that him dog. just self-sabotaging or did, it, or did he actually believe those were real words that he should say? I, With Kaoru, it's tough to tell because he... Yeah. He does so many emotionally stupid things in this show. Oh, yeah. No, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, like I thought we were, I thought he was learning. Yeah. And this, I mean, I, I know this and is he, a stressful and he time. he kind of does, but he only seems to learn like half the lesson each time. Yeah. He's taking a half step instead of a full step. Like. Yeah. But, and, then, and then he has, and he has the, the, the balls to say, why did it turn out like this? <laughs> in the <laughs> sub. And I just wrote, oh, it's because you're a fucking idiot. That's why. It always turns out like this. But yeah. Um, and then <laughs> what it's is like, this? The consequences of my own God actions or something? And then they have this moment, and then after it goes very poorly, then he tells her, oh, by the way, I'm going to go to college in Tokyo. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, Wild. all right, let's double down on these mistakes. Because she also even says in this episode, just don't leave me. Oh, no. Just or don't she, leave me. Or she says that to him, right? I thought. Yeah, she says that to him. And he's like, you got it. Five minutes later, yo, I'm leaving. Sorry. Yep. Because um, yeah. So then they, so then they redo the train motif again. Uh, but this time, instead of getting pulled onto the train, she just runs alongside it as, uh, well, as he's racing to the back of it to see her. As he's leaving yeah. on the train to Tokyo, and she shouldn't have, because Kaoru is a piece no. of shit. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But small town options are slim. Maybe I don't know, but then episode twelve, my bad. We skipped ahead just like them. We get like an eight-year time skip. Old boy is a doctor. He's like taking care of patients, um, but he gets a he like runs into Eureka, and she's like, "Holy shit, is that you, Calru?" And he's like, "What the fuck." And she's like, yep, I'm six months pregnant with fucking piece of shit Jones, baby. This is a healthy relationship. (laughs) He wants a girl, but I think he'll spoil her. Oh, also, apropos of nothing, I have this picture that I carry with me at all times. (laughs) And doesn't that priest on the left look familiar? Well, to be fair, she has said, like, I've been reaching out to, like, everyone who's known 
Like it, it's she's yeah. she's been on a weird mission. It, it seems to be like an active side project of yeah, hers, yeah, but yeah. it's it is still a little it's weird. Still weird. That, like oh, she's six months pregnant. She got other. Why would that be a side project? She got other shit to do. I got to do something till the baby comes. <laughs> yeah, know. I guess, man. <laughs> but yeah, she shows him this picture and is like, "Doesn't that priest look familiar?" And we don't get to see the full picture. But he's also a fucking Titan from Attack on Titan, like sized in the yeah. fucking photo. Yeah. Biggest dude in Japan with a cross on his cheek, that's him. Oh, he yeah. had a cross on his cheek <laughs> but, the whole time. He was going to be Christian something. Oh, yeah. <sighs> but he goes to this island, uh, like this like small town island, and he's like asking around about a young priest, and like people are kind of like, fucking young priest. The priest that's here has been here for quite a while. Like, he's not new. Well, yeah, he's and he's jumping around from, like, small town to small town until finally, like, an old lady's like, oh, yeah, there's this young priest in training that's giving our uh, old priest a lot of fucking trouble, but maybe that's maybe that could be who you're looking mm-hmm. for. And he's like, that's my guy. Yep. And then he sees the church at the top of the slope, and he's going up, and all I could think of was, Running up that hill. <laughs> I'm running up that road. <laughs> like that's all uh. I can think of. But he gets to the top there, and wouldn't you fucking know it, he sees a sheet covering oh, something. Boy. Yep. But then they bait and switch us because he rips off the sheet and it's a drum set, and he starts cackling. Yeah. He's like, God damn it, I expected to see a handsome man <laughs> under here. Nope, it's it's not Centro, but it is a piece of imagery that represents him instead. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but then we pan out to like this countryside, like sloped yard thing, a bunch of kids running around. We see a priest and he's got like a kid on his shoulders while he's watching these other kids. And you hear that like opening piano part to moan in the, uh, on the, on the organs, the church organs on the organ. And they're like, what's wrong father? And he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I thought this day might come. <laughs> Eight fucking yeah. years later. Like, I was in retirement and they pulled me back out. <laughs> they pulled me back in. <laughs> and my so my roommate's in, back. And, and they were good friends. And he starts like drumming with them. And they have like a fucking rip roaring yeah, session. Yeah, all the kids are in the pews well. having a good old time. Mm-hmm. And... While this music montage is going on, we see another person walking up the hill and they have a letter in their hands. And the letter says like, hey, just to let you know, uh, I ran into Eureka. She showed me a picture with a priest that looked like Sen and he was on this tiny island church community. You should come so see So was him. that from, I think it'd be dope. Was that we... from Kauru or was that from the pregnant lady? I thought it was from, it was from Kauru. Because it says Eureka showed me. A oh, picture. okay, okay, okay. Or like I ran into Eureka and she showed okay. me, and so he wrote a letter to her like, "Hey, I think it'd be dope if you came out too. Let's get the band back together." And so we see her and she's grown up and short hair, and it's like they have this like moment of connecting and seeing each other after uh, Richie and Sen just played like a great fucking song which apparently nobody got rusty over eight years yeah because he even said like because she asked uh you asked asked him if he still played piano and he's like no not really no i quit that yeah and and then yeah too busy being a brilliant surgeon (laughs) yeah well just don't go to germany brother it's just not gonna end well (laughs) no we know how this arc ends (laughs) yeah or you know don't get into 
gynecology. Don't chase a serial killer stalker into the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to go just, well. No, mur- just, if there's yeah. a murder, you just stay at the hospital. Sit your ass down at the hospital. <laughs> Don't trade your jazz in for idols. It will end poorly for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, like, then it kind of yeah, cuts. Then they're oh, on the slope again. No, the, the priest comes hill. in and yells at him. Yeah, the priest says. Oh, yeah. Like, I told you to stop fooling around, and then the two of them were like, all right, we have to run it off to the set set. Time to run. We got to hold hands and run. (laughs) (laughs) One last time, we'll run off off into the sunset together. Running down that hill. I'm running down that road. Then they go tearing down the hill, and then they run into Ritsuku at the very end, and uh, and then that's the final shot. Yay. Mm -hmm. Dan is so enthused. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, if that's the case... We finished it. That's 12 episodes. Let's hop into them verdicts. I don't remember who went first. Dan. All right. 7-4. This is a 7-4. Okay. You know, it, a lot was really good, and that's the only reason it's this high. If it was, if I rated the story on, like, Merit alone, just the story, this would be, like, a 5, you know, because just everything was just unearned. Um, but the rest of it was, like, a 9, you know? But so... I came to about seven four. Uh, okay. The music was dope. The art was um, fine. Uh, the style isn't my my vibe, but I, I understand that this is you know the genre is appropriate for it. Yeah, the music was was lovely. Them an- animating it, rotoscoping it, and all that stuff was a lot of fun. But just like, just kind of a a dog shit story. Like they. <sighs> <laughs> they had the bones like it they had they had all these beats that they wanted to hit but no real good plan on getting there. Mhm. Yeah, and just as we've discussed multiple times here, they were just trying to fit too many of the beats into too little time. It was very last season of Game of Thrones where you can mm-hmm. kind of see okay, I could see how you get from point A to point Z to tell this story, but you've done it so fast, it just ends up being a fucking joke in a it's lot a, of places. Yeah. And Kaoru especially, I think, as a character, really suffered from how quickly they were trying to get from these beats where they weren't giving him enough time in the good moments to build up that kind of value and redeemable and get us rooting for him, even when he's kind of being a little shit at times. Because mm-hmm. I think you could have kept those beats if you just had more times where they're like they're just friends and hanging out and having good times together and if you spread that more out through the story and have these major plot points instead of being every episode or even twice an episode being every second or third episode i think this would feel a lot better Mm -hmm. as a show Mm -hmm. so and we've made this comment before that shows need to be longer they need to have more time to fully flesh themselves out i think this is the one that has suffered the most from it Hmm. that we've watched that's definitely up there so for me, I got it at 7.5. I was expecting to be further ahead of Dan based on his comments. I figured he'd be down in the sixes. You somewhere. were? Uh, the music was really no, good. <laughs> the music the music was awesome. Probably the best soundtrack it. of any show we've watched. Really carried it. I don't even know if it's all that close. Mm. I can't think I can't think of something with a better soundtrack. Bochi is maybe the only other one that's kind of in the ballpark. Uh I would say Bochi are weirdly cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk had, had a, had good a really one, good yeah. supportive. And then but I wouldn't put it up close to this one. I would just say it's probably like the mm. next closest. All right. Marcus, your score? Uh for me so when I watched it back in the day, it was like a 9.5, almost a 10. Sure. I fucking loved this shit. When did you watch it? And apparently there was a lo- 
I watched it probably like 2013 or 2014. So it had all come out, but not, it wasn't old. I'll put it that way. Yep. And I remember specifically, this was like the first slice of life I liked. Like, cause I, I, at this, up to that point, I fucking hated every slice of life I've ever tried. That shit just wasn't for me. So this one came along and it was different in a way that really resonated with me. And a lot of the beats like really felt not necessarily relatable, but as things I've seen or experienced or like been a part of in group dynamics that I'm like, I understand this. I relate mm. to this. I, this resonates with me. And especially having that backdrop of music, because this was also at a time in my life where I had kind of fallen out of music. Like I had played drums from the fourth grade up until I joined the military. And then I even still played in the military. But after I got out, I kind of like fell out. I like didn't have a drum set. I didn't have the money to get a drum set. So it was kind of this like, I have this thing that I don't have anymore. So this was kind of like rekindled that love and like had me feeling like, oh man, I miss playing music so much. So those music scenes really got me good too. Hmm. On the rewatch, I still resonated with a lot of what was happening, but I think having the blessing of maturity, experience, and some age made me think, God damn it, Cal Ru, you are a piece of shit. Like so many moments for him, agreed, felt half-baked, not earned, not quite developed. But the moments that he did develop, I thought were really, really good. Like him not pressing after getting rejected by Ritsuko. I thought that was super, like, emotionally mature. We don't see that often. Normally it's, oh, I got rejected. I just got to try harder. Yep. And he didn't do that, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. On the rewatch, it was 9-5 before. On the rewatch, probably an 8. It dropped, but it didn't drop a wild amount, and I still very much enjoyed this. An 8. All right. Still pretty well, grouped pretty close. Yeah. On, yeah. On the, if you go by Marcus's rewatch grade, that is one of our closest spreads we've had. Um, looking at yeah. recent, your name was a flat nine across. Um, eighty six part two was all very was pretty close, and Vinland point. Saga was about all pretty point. close. I think yeah. I think Cyberpunk we were all probably about a point. Uh, Cyberpunk was also straight nines, but I don't have that in my document. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At some point, yeah, because it was an older one. I, older I need to one. go back and listen to everything pre Vinland Saga because that's as far back as my document goes, mm-hmm. and actually get all of our scores in. But I have not done that yet. And I'm sure nostalgia might be influencing my score a little bit. Oh, I'm sure um, it is. It, yeah, I I know a, like as a person and who I am, I'm I know it is, but I'm not at that nine five I was a decade yeah. ago. You know what I mean. So. Yeah, if we, if we took it but, on music uh, alone, easy nine five ten. Oh, yeah. the the music, yeah. I I was trying to avoid that in my critique because that's that goes without saying for me. That shit was a ten out of ten. Yeah. I fucking loved the music in this, and even like the op, hearing the op again, like gave me like these warm feelings again because mm-hmm. I love that fucking op. Like the start of it, I don't like, but then when the music like really drops and like kicks in. I was I'm oh I'm fucking there and then when that fucking trumpet kicks in, oh that's my shit. I love that <laughs> shit. Uh, so yeah, um, twelve episodes, seven four, seven five, eight. 
do we have any final closing thoughts or anything before we cue the music? Uh, something I forgot to co- comment and give props to the show for. I was pretty stoked that the two main instruments were not the most commonly thought of jazz instruments. It was drums, piano, which I know yeah. instead of, if you're thinking if you're thinking jazz, you're thinking sax, maybe trumpet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice touch. I enjoyed that. A lot, yeah. yeah okay. No. Anything else, fair friends? What a shame. Wasted potential. <laughs> yeah, as I said, I this could have easily been Marcus's initial watch score of yeah. like nine yeah, five. No, this 10, was easily this was a uh, good the, show. The, bo- the bones and the potential were all here. They just didn't quite nail it. Yeah. yeah. What a shame. Like you said, would have benefited from more episodes for sure. Yeah. And I know we say that all the time, <laughs> but this one, like you said, suffered from it the most where it was like, we're speed running everything. So we literally go through like three years in 11 episodes yeah. and then skip to eight years after that. Like, yeah, it's fast. Yeah. But all right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Thanks again for joining us, friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will cue the music. I, I kind of want to find a jazz track to play Ooh. for our outro, but I don't, I don't know that I'm that dedicated. Ooh. But we'll see. I'm not. It's going to be the regular right. one. Cue the All music. Right. <laughs> Bye, see everybody. Ya. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Anime Backlog Podcast, featuring the 2012 anime Kids on the Slope. Next week, we'll be back with episode 36, and Dan will be back in the host chair. This episode will feature Dan, Marcus, and Nick going through their thoughts of the first season of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review. Tell friends about the show and follow us on social media. We really appreciate any and all support in growing the podcast. You can follow us on most social media platforms to get updates at the handle at the Anime Backlog. You can also follow us individually, Dan at Avarice77, Marcus at MarcusRVO, and Nick at Nick Sparts. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will catch you next Wednesday. Bye.